Welcome to the latest episode of Platform. Today's guest is Scott Quinn. Not only is Quinny an exceptional rollerblader, in fact, he's one of my favourite Scottish skaters of all time. He is also a good friend. I've known him for almost a couple of decades now, skated with him from when he was a tiny kid, when he was a teenager, right up until we were hanging out at Winter Clash and we had breakfast together. So I've known him a long time. We've had a lot of experiences together. I actually filmed his wheel scene part back in 2012, I think it was, or 2013. And it was literally the first time I'd ever picked up a camera. So I butchered loads of the clips and we got Aunt Medina to try and salvage it as best as he could. And that turned into that section. Since that time, he's gone on to have a pro skate from Razors. He was also sponsored by Ground Control. On top of that, he was also in charge of the team at Razors and handled UK distribution. Then he moved to Copenhagen, fell in love, started a family and continued working for Razors for quite some time doing distribution there, I think. And then he got a job at Skate Pro where he worked there for several years. And recently he's just struck out on his own, started his own shop called 8set. And throughout all that period, he's continued releasing sections. Even after he became a dad, he still had footage in David Sizemore's Fifth Floor. And then in David Sizemore's latest video, Spokes. He also had a section out last year, filmed and edited by Carson Boyson, called Seasons, which was released by Them Skates. So he's been a busy guy. Quinny's released a bunch of amazing sections over the years. He's got an insight into how the industry works, both as a skater and someone working for the companies. And he's now currently living in one of the trendiest cities in Europe. So there's a lot to talk about his new business venture as well. I'm really excited to speak to him again because since he's been living in Denmark and I'm here in Scotland and we've both got families, we don't catch up as much as I'd like to. Before that though, just want to thank my Patreon supporters. They are listed on the screen now. If you want to join the Patreon, you can do so for as little as £3 a month. I'd appreciate the support. And we've also got new t-shirts out, which you can see on the screen now as well. Pick one of those up. It's free postage in the UK and £5 if you order internationally. Before I begin interrogating Quinny though, cue the music. There we go. Wow. Wow. Also, Zoom's doing a weird thing. Is yours like on top of each other instead of side by side? Yeah. And it's all like uh, squashed as well. Yeah. It's never done that before. That's new. Okay. I'll figure it out next time. So how does it work? Are we doing a, do we warm up or are we going straight into it? Or? This is, I don't, no one, no one gets to warm up. So many people have Shit. asked that. They're like, has it, has it started? Are we, are we, are we on? <laughs> we're, we're never not on. Fuck, man. I wanted to uh, clean up, you know, and have a glass of wine and all that. And... Did I'm you bring in... your wine? I thought we had organized or arranged before we were going to have a little... It's it's Tuesday night. I'm on water. We did we did not arrange before. The only I, person that's tried I'm to coerce sure the me... First thing we mentioned, we were kind of joking, saying we could have a little a little wine night. Oh, yeah. No, no, it was, no, it was we could just get drunk and just stare into each other's eyes all night. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't recall that part of the, uh, the right. conversation. But, yeah. um, the only other question. person who's trying to convince me to to get drunk on this is Elliot Stevens. He was like, when we did when we did the podcast, it was like, I'm going to say it was like 10, like 9, 10 in the morning in Canada. And yeah. I was like, and he was just like having a casual few beers. And I was like, it's a weekday in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just and he had about three or four and he was like you're not having a beer with me and i was like no no i'm not no, man. <laughs> all, all i've done all day is um is taxes pretty much so i'm pretty uh i could do with a, a oh, bottle God. right now that does not sound like fun <laughs> that's why i was like a few minutes late i was like so close to finishing it and there was a couple of invoices that i just couldn't find and so that was fun yeah. no can you not use one of those like app things no yeah, yeah, I have that. Um, that's what I, I was just filling in all that stuff for the for the accountant tomorrow. Right. And I just, for whatever reason, I couldn't find a couple of invoices. Searching all kinds of every possible email, you name it, oh, apps, blah blah blah. But yeah, right. anyway, it'll be all right. Um, fair enough. So I just realised uh, that, like, when you said, "Oh yeah, I'm ready to do this," now I realised we've known each other for almost twenty years. Wow. The first time we skated together, you were in like your wee, your wee like super massive sweatpants that were probably a size large because you're tiny and you were skating <laughs> in, you were skating in Salomon's and it was in like Glasgow city centre. And I think I was still in uni. I think I'd just come down to Glasgow for the weekend from Aberdeen. And I, I, wow. I remember that being the first time. And that's definitely almost 20 years ago now. Damn. That wasn't when, um... okay. I was going to say, was that when you were doing the Savannahs on Maybe you did the Savannah both ways. I think, uh, the train I th station, I um, think that was after I moved back. That was after, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think was that was like a few years later. He was filming. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, that's way back. That was like, that must have been old Saturday sessions or whatever. And I think it was, Glasgow. it was like after work. And I think I'm pretty sure okay. it was either 16, that was either 16 or 17 years ago. Yeah. That was, that, that, yeah, that would have been a, like way back. That's, that could have been 20. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, I was actually I was thinking about that the other day that how the the sessions used to be so well organized on a Saturday like everyone met at um, St Enoch at like one o'clock or something or maybe even earlier, and that you didn't have to schedule anything you just showed up there and it was without a doubt it was going to be like twenty to thirty people skiing. Yeah, yeah, and before that it was just <laughs> the business center. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like sitting on Instagram or Messenger for a couple of hours trying to. Figure out who's up for it. <laughs> Trying to rally the troops. I, yeah. I don't know. We have a pretty we have a pretty solid Thursday night one now. Like everyone knows if you go to unit at Thursday night, yeah. there's gonna be people there and you don't that's even cool. have sometimes you don't even have to phone anyone, you can just show up and it's guaranteed. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, right right now in winter time we have the, the Monday night session. Um which starts off your week so rough because it starts at nine till twelve at night time. And there's a bar. <laughs> The, the skate park's open till midnight. It's it's like a a session this for this for bladers, right? Yeah. So like yeah, as in it's a late one. It's I mean it's rough. Like Tuesday morning, it's always like oh shit. Like <laughs> great start to the week, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, you don't really have to like deal with anyone face to face, so I guess you're all right. But I imagine the other guys like like yeah, like Sizemore works. I would imagine as part of a crew and. Man, like Sizemore actually came for the first time. Um, yeah, first time this year, last night because he was he's off work. When he's working, there's no way. Yeah, he's so busy, man. And his his like some of his shifts are just insane there. 
It's a ridiculous um, clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, we we randomly, we uh, kind of like, so we obviously had breakfast together on the, what was it, a Friday? Or the Saturday? <laughs> um, what day was it? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. 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 Because I had the final panel to do. Well, on the Sunday, really hungover, um, we went to a bagel place around the corner from the skate park, and then David came in, yeah. and like he was giving Dan all the chat about being, uh, I don't know, like doing like lighting and stuff like that. And yeah, me and Elliot were just sitting there, really hungover. Like we have nothing to contribute to this conversation. We just sat there in <laughs> silence and listened. <laughs> yeah, man, David, he, he knows his shit. It's insane. Like so, we, when we um when we were organizing the uh or trying to set up the booth before we went to Winter Clash, we were like building it all together here. Like David comes with like the whole the whole kit, you know, like ready to to shine all kinds of lights and possible angles and yeah, all kinds of crazy lights, including this one. <laughs> like, but yeah, he just like he knows his shit, man. He's so good at it, and he's yeah. also like he's very um critique, you know, and everything he does. So he just like. Yeah, you know what he's like. Like it, it shines, it shines both ways. Like with the skating to how how his work life is, he's just like he's just good at stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, like he does just seem like one of those guys that whatever he gets into, he's just gonna like dedicate everything to try and like yeah. be as good at it as he possibly can. Yeah. Um, sure. um, that reminds me, actually, I forgot. I never asked him when I was actually I had him in front of me when. Dom was on. Dom said that he's sitting on basically just this massive folder of footage that never went into fifth floor, and he doesn't think went into spokes either. And I'm like, yeah. I, I never oh, I should have asked him what he was going to do with that or what it was for. But yeah, missed my chance. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I know there's definitely some stuff from spokes with fifth floor. Yeah, I'm sure there's like probably another Dom section sitting there. It wouldn't surprise me. Oh no, Dom thought it was. Sizemore footage he thought David oh, like, oh, purposely yeah, actually, kept definitely. a lot of himself out of it because he didn't have yeah. that like he had footage in it but he didn't have like a lot of footage in yeah, it yeah yeah they would for sure be um but also man like you know David like David's the filmer we we assist David he sets up everything for us and we don't always get it right so I'm sure like there's definitely times where he probably looks watch back to the footage and he's like oh fuck boys come on <laughs> right okay but we try we really try right. but he's just so he's just so good you know and his cameras i am um, also kind of like it's got character this thing you could say it's a uh, it's getting that, old and the, that, some of the buttons aren't right. what they used to be and the zoom's a little bit glitchy and stuff um but yeah like he's just like so good at filming and you know when he's you know sometimes we hand the camera over yeah so i'm sure maybe it's to do with that but i'm sure there's also this yeah He'll he'll balance the the whole thing out to make sure it seems like more of a session, right? So yeah, if there's like too much of one person or whatever, I'm, yeah, he's and yeah, he's also this harder himself maybe. <laughs> no. Okay, like right. something that we would we would look at and think it's just incredible, and he maybe doesn't like how it how it flows or fits the video. You know, I mean, he has done everything, so there is yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot of footage going back pretty much two decades as well so yeah and he should um, be on this call right now we've been sitting talking about david let's just bring him up that's that is true oh so yeah. i've, I've tried in. to get oh god when was it fifth floor 
it might have been around fifth floor. I was like, oh, the video's coming out. You'll come on then. And he was being like really polite. And he was like, yeah, yeah, we'll just wait till the video's out. And then as soon as the video was out, I was like, now's the time. And then he just blanked me. And I waited a couple of weeks and then sent him another message. And all he wrote back was, sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, understood. You're not into it. That's fair enough. I've actually, I've actually not seen David on any like... Uh... Yeah, no podcast. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Jump Street will have asked him as well, but yeah, I'm quite surprised by that actually. But yeah, um, so how was your first off? Can't believe neither of us placed at Winter Clash. What's all that about? Um, <laughs> need to put skates on. I mean, that's up to, uh, to place at Winter Clash. I didn't put my skates on once. No one, no one said that was a requirement. <laughs> Apparently, it is. Unfortunately, um, all right, fair enough. But yeah, I wish I really wish I did. I wanted to skate so bad this year, probably more than ever. It looked so fun. And, That's uh, what I was going to ask. Yeah, what was yeah. it? Because I've done a trade show before at Winter Clash, and it was not fun. It was really long hours, really boring, and I was like, "Wow, this is like." I think that's like, as a Winter Clash experience, it's like the furthest from participating in it you can get like you're literally like, "Oh, I'm yeah. stuck in this room," and all the action is literally happening there, and I can yeah. hear it. But I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be a part of it. You're like this. Yeah. This sucks. So what was it like running a, a shop for the first uh, time? At yeah, it was. It was pretty hectic. Like the. Also, from my first run at it, I just didn't know what to expect. You know, I didn't. I've, I've been in the trade show previously, but even behind the the razors booth at sometimes, but never really like did too much. We just kind of hung out there for a bit. So yeah, to see like the constant flow of people, and you're just you're just chatting the whole way, and you're just like, yeah, it was it was exhausting on one hand but it was also like so fulfilling it was so good like I, I loved it but yeah of course i missed i missed out on like some things but at the same time like to get the the first response from opening the shop and stuff was so cool man like yeah it was so nice to see um yeah people just showing like appreciation or just yeah coming by saying hello it was really cool also that like it was one of the most legit stands there like you you put in clearly putting a lot of thought and effort into it because it had like proper stands you had like a little a little like media booth that was playing an ipad all the yeah. skates were like displayed perfectly whose idea was that who came up with the the design for that it was a bit of everything i mean um and it all kind of happened organically like along the way because like here here the space is um they've got like um a sign printing company and like um and you've got a bunch of artists and you've got woodworkers and everything and the uh, I was, I've been thinking like for a while that, okay, if we were at Winter Clash, like how are we going to show off products and blah, blah. And I didn't want to just ha have just a table. I was thinking, okay, can I do something different with the space? And um, yeah, so the the green board that was there, with, that was already sitting here in the workshop for like three years. And it was green. <laughs> it was painted green for some other project and the company didn't want it. So it even had the dolls and everything. Like they even had the dolls with the same size for the holes. <laughs> The thing was already drilled out and everything so that was like that was Me a win-win meant to be yeah so the the only thing we had to build then was the box the um the white box at the bottom which had a bit of storage and that was like the stand for the thing so that was great and all and um and same with the sign like the the sign that was there which is yeah that's that's from another company also and one of the guys were just passing by one day and was like do you want do you want a sign and then they printed that off for me in the same day it was like yeah awesome perfect like nice. perfect situation like the things with here and then the um the box was um that's from a um adidas showroom 
because they do a bunch of work for Adidas, like um, when they launch a new shoe or something. Or so they have like yeah, they, there was like a previous pop up shop, I guess. Okay. And um, we just filled in because it, it was kind of like hollow, and we just filled it in and added a little backboard and made the iPad thing and yeah. But by bit, it just like got pretty lucky with the. Uh, that, that's what I mean. It sounds like all oh, this is just falling into your lap, and you're like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't think to use the use the Adidas thing till like, the last minute. I was looking at it, and I was just like, can we? Yeah, and it was actually sitting over there with like flowers on it and stuff. And I was just like, can I borrow this potentially? And then borrowing it, then turned into okay, let's fill it in, and then <laughs> then we ended up cutting it up and doing all kinds of stuff to it. Nice painting it, and yeah, <laughs> right. So. You've obviously, I mean, we'll go back to the early, like years ago and, and like a little bit, but you've obviously been a sponsored skater. So you know what that element of it's like. You've worked, you worked for Sunshine, you worked for Razors doing like team management, doing distribution in the UK, like communicating with shops. Then when you moved to Copenhagen, you ended up working for Skate Pro. So <laughs> you know how hard it is to run a skate shop. Like you, you know the difficulties involved, yet you decided to start your own like <laughs> i mean you should know better <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i mean at this yeah at this point I, it's, I guess it was like a this was like a window to just to to give it my all and give it a try i'd always wanted to do something of, of my own and i never have until now you know and it's a it's a great feeling it is tough and it you know sometimes it's a lot of hours and a lot of energy but it's also like I mean, I get to look at skates all day, and that's great. And even like ship skates, or talk to people. I'm just talking to people all day about skating, and it's yeah, it's awesome. And the uh, yeah, of course, there's like the the work behind it. Like some at some point during like the years of working for these other companies, I've done this at some point. You know, like the small things, but it's like shipping or like some of the stuff on the website, blah blah blah. Like at some point, I've like played with these these parts at some point through the years so it's like slow stepping stones to then of course just being like okay i'm just gonna like fire the trigger now and try it myself finally and then you find out there's a whole bunch of other shit you don't have no idea about <laughs> and then... yeah that's what but, I was uh, like, uh, it, but it's been fine though and it's been fine and um like the the space i'm in is so good because it's all it's all other like freelancers or like some small businesses so that's been a big help just with my random stupid questions i would have about starting a company in a foreign land yeah there's that as well there's a starting a business then b you're starting it in a country you did not grow up in and you've not lived like you've lived there a few years and, now but it's not that long so like you yeah. don't understand i think it helps how, because then you're just so blind you're just like okay i'm just going this direction yeah uh, yeah i'll just pick up the pieces along the way like <laughs> right, um okay. I, I mean yeah the yeah that part sometimes is just i i can understand like some of it but yeah you know, even like starting up a company in my own language would be, you know, if it was home, it would still be other things I need to figure out. So sometimes I'm sitting there at the, on the screen with like the phone and um, because some of the these apps and stuff you use are like the um, like the government website. So you can't they don't translate well or they just don't translate at all. So I'm sitting there with my phone sometimes like on the screen, like translating it with my phone. And then like, yeah, sometimes it's a bit of a nightmare calling up wow. Carolina like what does this mean can you can you translate this for me blah, blah blah yeah so some things that should be easy take a long time and yeah the the skate side of it's all fine like the way the shop works is fine it's just some of the the small details that can be a, a bit of a pain but yeah all right 
it's getting, yeah. it's getting uh, there. It sounds unnecessarily stressful, but all right. Did you speak to anyone before you started the shop? Like, obviously, I know you're like mates with Jake Healy and stuff like that, and you guys have yeah. got a, a decent relationship. Did did you give any of those guys a heads up, being like, oh, I'm thinking of doing this? Oh, like, can no. You... No, no way. No? <laughs> Actually, I mean, um, before, so when everything kind of went down the escape row, because then like the, the whole department was gone, all of a sudden I was like, okay, like, what do I do? And um, I started just kind of like fishing around to see what was happening in the industry or like, is there some way I can still somehow work here? And I didn't particularly like ask Jake directly or anyone for a job and it was just more like, okay, what's happening? Like how, how's business? Like how's everything going? And the plan was that I would um, potentially start a brand of some sort and, um, and then just continue working. And I, I got this space, I just pretty much hired a table, which was very lucky, which is also this around the corner from from the apartment i was like okay that's kind of the plan i'll i'll continue i'll try and work freelance and then maybe start a brand and this could be a good opportunity um and then i was speaking with a few a few owners like speaking with like julio and a few other guys it started to be a bit more like clear that a shop there's like a good chance a shop could work here in denmark or just in copenhagen it's a bit more specific to what we need and it reflects like our industry or kind of core industry and seen a bit a bit clearer than what other shops do and um so yeah from that step i started to play with that idea of having a shop and and then it just made so much sense just with what i've done previously with other other companies so um, what was the like when like try to word this uh like they so when you worked for skate pro they just made everyone redundant in that department or just like in the skate department or was it and, like various like extreme sports my department was marketing so it was like right yeah i don't know exactly how many maybe like 15 of us or something i think in one day it was like something like 20 odds went and then yeah it was just a massive dip and like everyone felt it lives like other shops had the same situation but like skate pro was just it's huge you know at that time i think there was like 300 of us working there <laughs> I thought they would have been covered by, I mean, I might be just being really naive here, but obviously because they do all the other extreme sports as well, because you you were saying they did like, they do like snow sports and stuff like that as well. Is that right? Yeah, they do everything. And um, so could they not? The, 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 the issue not was make... the, um, the like post COVID situation. Like right. um, they didn't have enough stock and then all of a sudden they had too much stock, like way too much. Right. And, everyone had because like all these all these orders were coming in through china and no one could like the manufacturers couldn't keep up with it and then so there was all these like backlogs of products that you know that should have been paid for and then they start to arrive by the container daily all of a sudden and you know these things cost money even just to have them sitting there you know like the, yeah. the stock is just insane and i think like there's a few of these shops like other like snowboard shops ski shops that are just sitting in the same situation yeah, as as kind of nuts when you think there was that period where skate shops didn't have any skates; they were just selling out so quickly. Like literally, a pre order would go up, and the skate was sold out. And you're like, "This is yeah. mental." Yeah. And then, like, you've got various shops moved to bigger premises to like basically account for all the stuff that they're having to keep hold of. And then all yeah. of a sudden, the sales slow down, but they've still got all the stuff. And you're like, "Yeah, well, that's that's an equally scary predicament to be in." Yeah. Yeah. Nah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think like, yeah, the, the big shops were probably like really starting to prepare as well and like starting to really bulk up their orders. And um, and yeah, bigger, the bigger you are, the harder you fall, you know? <laughs> but, 
so you're, nah. just, you're, you're just you're just hiding in the corner waiting for your opportunity <laughs> you're like i'm gonna get you guys to start a shop when all the sales are done you know yeah um I mean, yeah, it's, it's as idiotic as try to start a skate magazine when no skate brands have any advertising budget. Yeah, then there's a thing called the internet when you can just jump on there and see everything. And <laughs> this, this is true. This is true. So, yeah, and that was good, man. No, yeah, the the little paper was nice. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> you're you're yeah, cute. Your cute little newspaper thing that you did. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was that was really yeah, adorable. I remember those when I was like thirteen. You know, <laughs> I, I put you in that cute little newspaper behavior. Yeah, you did. I was like, yeah. I was buzzed on that was awesome i was so hyped on it <laughs> um so why why decide to call it eight set um yes yeah, a few different variants reasons but um I, like it took me so long to find a name that was like the longest and hardest thing to find the name and then even begin to start thinking about logos and branding and anything like that um and i thought about using eight somehow some way if it was going to yeah i was like every name that came up i'd look through every possible way of like language and then latin versions and you name it trying to figure out how to how can we use it and um i gave up on eight like pretty quickly i was like okay it just sounds whack i couldn't use it or i couldn't find a way to make it make sense and it was david that david sizemore that came up with eight set the first he was like what about eight set and so i wrote that one down and then um gave it some time and over the time that was like the one that just didn't suck <laughs> to us over time because sometimes you kind of look back on a name and you're like oh no like what was i thinking like my god I, thank god i, 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 I don't god, I, call it fifth door that was going to be one i don't <laughs> i don't i don't relate to that at all i don't at all regret what i called mine yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> we'll see man you know it's fucking <laughs> stupid i hated that from like no, three months on. in i was like oh what <laughs> you absolute moron yeah but i'm stuck so, with yeah, it we, we were like i was almost set on the fifth door because this is like the fifth door <laughs> and then like i feel like that's that's too close it's too it's, close yeah it's too, but that was also the point in some way but the I, I mentioned it to a couple of guys like some of the german guys and like they're like fifth like you're the, you're the only guys that say fifth like don't say no one else says th after a number this is weird you know and then the language barriers and everything like of course they would on the, they would manage but it's just like okay maybe not as universal as what it could be but um but yeah, it's a, of course it resembles of course like the wheels to and then also this like the familiar term of like skate and eight set or that was always like when i was younger we would skate like if, if you could jump the eight set it was like uh it was like oh like the eight set yeah and it's like yeah, it was like a, and it was short and um i had the kind of like double punch like yeah all all within one and keeping it small and yeah when um the, the the it was the graphic guy beside me here that um finalized the logo and um when he started to put it like on he, originally it was just on a shape of a frame like a, a square box within the bottom logo cut out and he had eight sitting there and it looked like clean enough and everything we're like okay that's what we go with um but yeah looking back on that i'm also glad to be this went for the line in the end and kept it even more minimalistic and simple yeah, yeah. it's almost it was almost becoming like the levi's on you know the almost like a levi's tab in some way how it has that shape yeah i know what you mean a little bit you know right yeah so you're need to, you're saying as i need to rebrand i need, I need to hit up size more and be like david yeah if you want a new name help <laughs> i need, more, I need something better logo, you come to sean who's beside me here and he'll sort you out because mine no sucks 
Yeah. Um, so obviously you guys like stock quite specific brands, like you've got them, you've got Mesmer, Sola. Is that like, is it like a special relationship you guys have with them or like, why is it, why is it like exclusively those? Cause you don't stock a wide variety of brands and that seems quite intentional. Yeah. I mean, for the, for the time being, um, the brands that we sell are kind of like a direct representation of what's happening here in Copenhagen I guess like so you've got Mesmer going on with Dom and them like a bunch of us are kind of like associated with with them in some way or or Julio and um, obviously Dead Wheels as well the whole spokes thing going on um Sola has just been like a really close companion <laughs> to, like he comes likes to come visit um Copenhagen and of course we just, I just appreciate the product also um and then too easy thing like too easy is actually from Copenhagen originally yeah yeah, I remember Greg um, saying it kind of like started there. Yeah. yeah. So that was like, I guess it's it was um it just felt like a safe little bubble to like start this thing and and keep it um kind of close knit and resembling what's going on here in Copenhagen, I guess. Um I'm not saying that I wouldn't stock more brands in future or anything. It was just right now, like starting small and getting things rolling, you know. Um and yeah, we have plans to I'll definitely have plans to like have some more in, in the near future. It's also just like a cash flow thing as well. Like when I start, when you start, you could go nuts, you know, and like oops, spread out and yeah, yeah. Um, so right now, I guess it just feels safer. Also, right. um, so, so you mean... yeah, and, and the brands that I have, like I, I love them, you know, like it's brands that I really appreciate, and I feel like I can, I can sell it like so honestly to people to be like, you know, I truly, I believe in this product, like yeah. Please enjoy. Here's <laughs> yeah. here's me skating this product. Here's here's, here's <laughs> yeah. video evidence of me skating this product. Yeah, here's Dom skating this product. I'm not lying to you. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny when I saw you had Dom in the shop and he's like signing like boxes. You're sending it to customers and stuff. That is like obviously there's not that many young kids in rollerblading anymore. We're getting more, but like yeah. imagine when I was a young kid or when you were a young kid, like like I don't know, like Randy Spicer just so happens to be in the shop and you've well. Randy Spice, yeah. not a good example because I couldn't have bought a skate. He didn't have one then. John Julio, <laughs> for example. John Julio's in the shop and you yeah. buy John Julio's skate and then you get the yeah. box and John's wrote you like a personal little note. That's yeah. so cool if someone That's buys Dom's skate because they're like they love him or they're a big fan of him. And then they're like, yeah. Oh my god, there's like Dom's so cool, Dom's man. wrote like a stupid little like cartoon or something on this. This is amazing. Yeah. It's weld, right? It's so weld. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool, man. Um, and yeah, at, at an event like Winter Clash as well, like the kid must already be absolutely buzzing, you know, like to to witness all that, and then yeah, to walk away with a pair of skates, like with the box. He's going to keep that box forever, you know. He was like, "I'm going to frame it and put it on my wall." And like, yeah, yeah, it's so nice, man. That's so cool. Yeah, and he Plus, also like he came to the, he, he noticed the the skates and came to the shop and uh and like straight away, he's like, "Man, I want the Don Bruce's." And I was also I was, I was a little bit like, man, I mean, the Mesmer Bruce, like right there, like all the all the guys. Dom's there too right now. You're a you know, terrible but, salesman. Terrible salesman. Don't, di <laughs> don't direct it was customers in the back away. Of mind a little bit. I mean, of course, I was like, appreciate him come over, but I was just like, I mean, Dom's like right there right now. But yeah. Anyway, so he was more he he wanted to buy them and he was hyped. I think the the ones he got also had like a black cuff on them, and he was like, oh yeah, this is what happened to want that pair. Nice. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. Plus, when David Sizemore's pro skate drops later this year, you'll be able to get David in, and he can sign the boxes. And uh, oh yeah, you know, because we 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 both know David's getting a skate this year. That's 
I, I don't uh, know. No, that's, I just... um, it's uh, it's in like a couple of weeks. It's struck uh, man. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks. Couple <laughs> I don't of... know shit. I, I don't and know also, anything. Like, uh, yeah, actually, I don't know shit. I wish I did, but I don't know. <laughs> um, so uh, Andy, Wag- Andy Wagner's not been the phone. Next, and then and then David after. Right, you you then David. Um, so Andy's not been on the phone and asked you to stock Razor skates when you're doing the exclusive distribution deal now. I just get like hate mail. Right. Yeah, and then right. nothing. Yeah, not, not at all. So, are um, you are you the only like shop exclusively stocking aggressive stuff there now? Because you said Skate Pro aren't doing it as much. Is that right? Um, I mean, I think they they are. They're just yeah, they're probably not like stocking everything like they would have at one point. Or right. Um, there's another there's another couple of shops. There's one called District Ten, which used to be Skate Pro, that's in the city. Okay. And uh, that's the one that like Malta he works there. Um, I was ah uh, see I always just thought you worked at Skate Pro. I, I thought you worked in a skate shop, but I couldn't figure yeah. out which one it was. Right, got you. Yeah, so that's called District Ten now, and um, but that's also like a ski shop, pretty much in skirt shop, skateboard shop, the whole the whole spiel, you know. Um, and same with another one called Mills, which is in the city center. Um, and they have like some aggressive stuff from time to time. I think they have some real season, but yeah, it's not they're, they're they don't they're not like on it the same way as yeah. You know, you wouldn't. I don't. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever bought anything from there. You, you don't think to go there to like. You if you if a skate drops, you know you're not going to find it there. Like maybe like a year later or something when, right. when the prices get cut and they're just like, okay, we'll take some aggressive skates in or something. Or, no, that's fair. But yeah, that was also like the kind of point of like the show was hopefully to be a bit more like on the ball with what's going on in the industry and be able to stock all the new stuff and try and keep it current. You know. Plus, it seems like there's a vibrant scene there. Like, I mean, the videos alone, there's so many people on it. And then when I think about the guys that are still active, like Carl Lindbergh, um, obviously Sizemore's living there, Dom's living there. You've got like all the all the local guys as well who just annoyingly all yeah. seem to be really good at skating. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, it seems like there's quite a healthy group. And then you have, well, before COVID anyway, you had Copenhagen Blade Days and stuff like that. And like the events yeah. that which were, were were big events, like a lot of people went to them. So it feels like there is a cultural hub for skating there. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, even like, I mean, you see a lot of skaters in the in the videos that David puts out, but there's so many more. It's, it's crazy, man. There is a, <clears throat> there's a, like a huge scene. And um, there's a lot of like um, kind of little groups of friends that this may be like skating now and then, you know, like not too much, but they, they still come out, you know, and you'll see them around. Like, it's pretty cool. It's um, mm. it's really nice to see. It's also funny. You're just like, I'll be sitting there with the kids and then all of a sudden, like a, you know, a few bladers show up and want to skate the rail. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> like, I mean, it depends which area of the city are, but there's there's like a, there's a spot called, um like around Norbro. It's just like, yeah, very relaxed area of the city, I guess you could say, with like some skate parks and that you got like Red Square, which is a whole um yeah, pedestrian square, but it's been designed so you can skate it also. Like there's, there's a lot of that actually going on in Copenhagen. Right. Like most of the most of the schools even have a skate park in them, it seems. It's just insane. They're so uh, skate friendly. It's that's and it's mental. also flat, it's flat as it gets, so it also helps, you know. See, that's the that's that's the one ingredient that's when it's like yeah. when we're obviously over in the Netherlands and we're like traveling through in the train and I'm like, 
every bloody place we pass has got amazing psychopaths. You can see them. Like it's yeah. so flat. You're like, where are all the hills? In Scotland, it's nothing yeah. but bloody hills and yeah. terrible the trains are like roller coasters in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then you go to these countries and you're like, no wonder rollerblading's bigger here. Like it's yeah. it's ideal for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even some of the cycle lanes have like a picture of a blader on like a skater on them. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Like down <laughs> at the beach, you'll see like the skate strip, you know. Yeah. yeah. I noticed where were we recently? Uh, oh God. Some Spanish island. And yeah, just everyone was rollerblading down the street. And I was like, this if we just actually had flat ground this might take off there as well like loads of people were doing it yeah. for exercise instead of running like like you were seeing like big like muscly six-pack ripped guys skating along the street as if it was like the 90s or something like yeah <laughs> it was yeah it was mental yeah um, there's definitely a lot of that like the, the recreational skating here is huge like families going out at the weekend and stuff in the summer you'll see them constantly so and that's then they have what you the, need the yeah. night skate where it's just like thousands of people literally thousands of people mobbing the city with like police escorted through the city, they did a big skate run. I like it. Yeah. See, even yeah, you don't like you don't have to get them into like doing all that stuff, like jumping off stair sets or even doing hand drills and stuff. Like even if you just like if you're just messing about in like a square, or whatever, and doing like a grind and a curb, and then a kid sees that and is like, oh, sliding, that looks fun. Yeah. Like I want to learn how to do like a slide on a stair and just yeah. get even if and even if it never progresses past that level, they're just skating around. I don't know, doing a 360 in the ground, learn how to do like a little sole or a front side and a step. Even if that's all yeah. you get them to, you can still have a lot of fun just doing that. Yeah, for sure. Totally right. Yes. Yeah. Like the the opportunity to like expose kids to, to blending here is pretty huge. Cause like you see a you see a lot of them just like there, there are skate parks everywhere. And if you've got a pair of skates, you'll you'll show up there and they'll have a little roll around, you know, with the with the family. <laughs> Maybe one will be on a scooter, one will be on a pair of skates, and um. But yeah, the opportunity then is witness someone like grinding, you know, because I'll never forget that the first time I saw someone grinding like in the flesh, it was like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mind blown. Like, yeah. uh, I used to think it was fake when you watch someone like grind the rail. I was like, surely they have like ropes holding them up. Like, how did they get up there, you know? And to watch someone like this jump onto a rail, like a handrail, all of a sudden, was just like, you know, how? Of course, that doesn't help when you're like two foot tall at the time. And this is this is true. You 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 were tiny. Well, you're you're not that tall now. <laughs> so, who was the first person you saw do a grind? Then, um, I, I don't know, but I saw them. Um, the first time I ever saw someone grind a handrail like in the flesh was, um, close to Queen's Park actually. But it was at the ASDA, and it was the flat rail. Yeah, it could have been anyone. It could have been like Keir or something. I don't know. I okay. I didn't know who they were at the time. Oh no! Probably I just mean in general, like parts. I mean, like the first time you ever saw anyone do like a grind or or something like that that made you go, "I want to do that." I w what what they're doing, I want to do that. I mean, I was. I think it, when I saw when I by the time I saw it in the flesh, I was like a bit more aware of like, okay, this uh, thing does right, exist. Okay. But to see I thought, it, like, okay, I wondered if real. that was your exposure to it, like seeing it in the oh, flesh, no, no, or I whether mean, you seen, saw it. I'd seen them some stuff on like, um, yeah, it would have been X Games, I guess, right. probably like or something like that. Um, but yeah, then to see it like in the flesh, it's like, wow, it's possible. It's kind of insane. Like in real life, not this on TV. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw it in real life being like, it's a lot faster in real life. Like you see it on yeah. TV and it just looks normal and it doesn't look that scary. But then you see someone do it in front of you and you're like, whoa, they're going, they're yeah. going quite some speed. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what's required. Where did you see it the first time? Was it in um, Glasgow? Or? The first time I saw it was on TV. I can't remember if it was like Ness or X Games or something like that. But then I went down the 
uh, promenade in the Drossen, and there was all these guys yeah. lining up with just a launch ramp, just jumping yeah. off the launch ramp into grass. But the grass was really dry and packed. So it was like, you might as well just be jumping onto concrete. And they were doing yeah. like front flips onto the grass. And I'm like, yeah, the, the same amount of danger is there. Like, just do yeah. it. And the same, just after I left, a guy broke his uh, ankle on it, which was mental. But yeah, <laughs> it, and it was friends from school. <laughs> and they were all in like recreational skates just doing it. It was like before yeah. any of them had bought agro skates. And I was like, whoa, I've just seen this on TV. And now there's people in my town. And bear in mind, there's like 10,000 people living in Drossen less yeah. then yeah and i was like what are the odds there's an actual group of like six yeah. or seven skaters that is mental and like half of them go to my school yeah <laughs> so i lied to them and told them i could skate and then asked for a pair of skates for christmas and then showed up to the session and as soon as i put on the skates they knew i'd been talking utter shit yeah <laughs> i could not do anything they were like he's a lying little fucker and then and I, I did that one too after after um summer holidays I came back because I've been uh, during the summer holidays. Someone took me to Glasgow for the first time, and I got to like see a session. And of course, didn't skate once. I just watched and was just like terrified to do anything. And um, but when we came back, um, it was all skateboarders we hung out with. And I was like, yeah, I went skating in Glasgow, man. It was like incredible. Like you know, even when to go to Glasgow is a big thing when you're living like in the sticks. You know, to go in by yourself. You know, like yeah, I'm not even sure what age it was. If this was like 14 or something, or you know, you know. But yeah, it was a big deal to go to Glasgow. And uh, we came back and uh, I was like, oh yeah, I skated this rail. <laughs> this guy said, watch me. I was like, yeah, no problem. And uh, we, of course, passed the rail like on the way there. And we're like, can you grind that? I was like, yeah, man, no problem. And I just lied to myself and grinded it and royaled it. And this shittiest square, like shaky rail, like so horrible. <laughs> yeah, I just like tricked myself into doing it. I feel like you got away uh, with murder there. I was, that of course, could, terrified. That, I, that I mean, I could, I could royale, you know, it probably was, it was time to, to pop that cherry and, and go for it. But right. I just completely, I was like, uh, yeah, such bullshit. How long had you but, been yeah. skating by this point? Um, At least like a couple of years, like at that right, point. Okay, right. So it but wasn't like, on, like, I was more, yeah. I was always more into hockey. So I'd always had skates on. Like on my birthday, even though I was into hockey, we'd still go to the skate park with hockey skates, like with a hockey team. And right. air, the air skate park. Okay. The metal one. The one on yeah. the hill. Yeah, the one on the hill. <laughs> the skate park yeah. on, skate on a slope it made the... no sense. <laughs> if it was the other way, it would have worked because you had the downhill and yeah. to hit the jump box. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'd go there with like my hockey team on my birthday, like all of hockey fucking clothes and everything. And then like once a year or something, because we were just so, so into hockey. But then like eventually, once I finally got aggressive skates, and it was like, okay, this took over. Totally. Like the Mighty Ducks just mobbing a skate park. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I think that's what we we're going for. It was probably that vibe, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's head up the shopping center next. Let's let's yeah. try let's try and get through the shopping center. Yeah, that's so funny. So <laughs> obviously, like not long. Well, actually, it would have been like a few years after we met. You ended up getting on razors. I'm assuming that was through Chaz. Yeah. So how did how did that all come about? Um. Random, randomly actually Chaz we were because uh, I've been skating with him a little bit at this point like going to sit unit sessions I didn't really know him that well at the time I still was just such a grom you know and uh hanging out with him and skating with him a little bit was just like awesome you know like you felt that you could just I was just throwing anything <laughs> like in the session with Chaz like he's doing the most insane like full cut free spins blah blah I was just like okay I guess I'm just gonna learn 360 soul tonight or whatever or to try and like keep up with him in some way yeah and um 
I remember randomly one night he's like, "Do you want to stay at my place at the weekend?" And I was like, "Whoa, like what?" <laughs> Chaz Sands, you asking me to stay at your place? Like, kind of blown away by it. And I've, yeah, so anyway, like it was maybe the week after I ended up staying with him and we we're just filming. And of course, in the back of his mind, it was like to then show the new um, TM at the time. And um, yeah, that then that's then it kind of unfolded that the, the TM's coming, and he's coming with Stefan Horngacker. And um, they were going to have like a session, and they filmed the thing at Unit, and Doughty was there. I don't know if you remember that one. It was like, it was like two thousand and seven or something. I remember the trip because there was they went to the the kink trail next to the the um, next to the canal, and I, I think like yeah, I can't remember like details. But then someone was suggesting going into the city to party, and Chaz was like dead against it, being like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, not doing that. <laughs> it like made up some lame excuse that didn't make make any sense. I remember because it was on like a Razors podcast thing. Razors used to yeah, do that. Yeah, that was the one. Uh, that was the second one because the first one was at Unit, and then there was another one. Yeah, that got taken down like for whatever reason. I don't know if it was because of music, and then I never saw it again. Right, it's gone. Okay. Yeah. That's um, right. Luckily, it's gone because we're all drinking in there and <laughs> whatever else. And, but um, but yeah, that was that was a. Uh, yeah, that's how it came about. He, th- okay. he threw it out there. They came, visited, said hello, and yeah. And I then interviewed at dinner that night. Right. How, so, how often do you skate, Scott? Like, oh, that's kind of. Who was asking you that? I mean, it was like, I, I, it was very laid back, I'm sure, but just at the time it was just like, whoa, like, the, you know, this is the team manager now asking me questions, like, fucking hell. Who was the Wait, team at the time? It was Stu, Stu Game. Like, of oh, course, right, it's okay. like a good friend yeah. of mine. It was just a. I didn't never I didn't know what to expect or like you know what does it mean what do you mean the team manager's coming and we're going to film together like what the fuck kind of thing and then I, I can't remember the order this is in but I remember you moved down to Bristol like briefly lived there for a little bit and then yeah you, you got a job with like was it TKC or Shiner or something yeah or? T- uh, TKC yeah that yeah. was the so they were the distributor the uh, sorry distributor at the time for razors yeah and, and then you you basically tried to get like a blade job then but then and you yeah. had you worked for them for like a little while and then for some reason yeah it was um yeah not for long at all but that was like right when the like the the crunch came in like 2008 and um yeah sales dipped and it was like same scenario like the warehouse staff are gone <laughs> like in one day like one swoop yeah um yeah I actually haven't thought about that until now. You but were like, you were like aggressive, like uh, yeah. firing situations. I mean, it's like yeah. you're like I've literally just got my foot in the door, and now yeah. now they're getting rid of everyone. Great, like man, I was like I was so bummed. I was kind of like cause I literally like I was like fuck, man, this changed my life to like come and like work here. It's some hope of like working with skating in some way, you know. Oh, so um, wasn't that like the first time you'd moved away from home? Like, weren't you? Yeah, you yeah. Get, you went from your dad's house to like living in Bristol. Like that's a that's a massive change. Yeah, but I mean, I'd, I'd, at that point, I'd spent a bit of time in Bristol with, um, like, at Stu's place, and we filmed a bunch for razors, and, um, yeah, they seemed like, I was just looking for something, like a, a change, I guess, yeah. or some kind of experience, and, yeah, they offered, um, he just kind of said, yeah, I could probably get a job at the warehouse, like, very randomly. Actually, the, the plan was to move to Bristol. That was, that was uh, sorry, not Bristol, way of Brighton. Right. Um, that was a thought, uh, just to, yeah, try something different, and, yeah live live abroad at that time you know i, I felt mean, like <laughs> it's as, as far away from small town scotland as you yeah, that was abroad back then that's what it yeah, felt like i mean <laughs> it was definitely much more exotic weather um yeah. 
also had, oh, I wish some of those videos were still online. I just remembered there's another one that you did, and I think it was in Bristol that you filmed with the slack lines, and you're grinding the slack yeah. line and transferring <laughs> to the handrail. Yeah. I don't know what they were going for there. That was like they were trying to like sponsor us kind of thing, or yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. It was actually pretty fun to skate those things though. They, they I'm sure were, it was. It was wildly yeah. gimmicky though. But um Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So right. You're going to correct me in the order of this because I can't remember. Did you go to America first and start? Yeah, no, you must have been living at unit before that. You must have been living at unit no. when you went to America for the first time, no? No. Right. No. So how how did you get the chance to go to the States? Because obviously it's expensive it was, uh, as hell to go there. Um, It was my 21st birthday. Right. And um, so that was like a, a present from my, my mum just to get a flight there. Okay. Um, and then Chaz had already planned to like he was wanting to to like rent a rent a spot in San Diego and just like stay in the one place for however long it was going to be like a month or two, and um, yeah, I just kind of tagged along. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So right, see, so you didn't stay in the Razor's house. That was a different time. No, this was like way be this was way before the Razor's house or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. And um, but everyone ended up staying at that place, and then apparently that's what Andy had the started to think okay maybe it's a good idea to get a house and then the epiphany in one place so what was what was that like being in san diego with Chaz, and then i'm assuming skating regularly with guys from the razors pro team or probably like other like yeah it was insane that was well you'd see everyone was showing up like left right and center this day to day there was someone new or like it's just like the nice it's like, oh there's frankie like oh morning frankie <laughs> you know you want a cup of coffee? <laughs> We're gonna go skating in half an hour. Like it was crazy, and or we, we would we would come back home from the session, and like the the there's a full crew that's on the stairs waiting for us, like Richard and Erod and all those guys. <laughs> it was yeah, it was pretty funny. That must have been kind of surreal, especially considering. Yeah. yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, obviously your first time in the states, and then just hanging about with all these rat. You're like, oh, you guys exist in real life. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And like I think like Dre stayed with us that whole time as well. That was hilarious. Um who else? Oh yeah, so and actually that same trip, that's when that's when I met Fabio. Fabio stayed with us the whole time and so did CJ. Fabio and is, you mean? Yeah. And right. CJ was there as well. And that was like right at the at the cusp of when CJ was just starting to like tear every contest apart, you know, like really get back into blading again. That was when he came second at SDSF. Okay, so like not at, it couldn't have been that long after the his first Dom West edit dropped then. Remember the one he filmed in Sydney that just went viral yeah, as hell. I, I wonder if that was even. I think this um, San Diego trip was before that. Okay, because he was only. It seemed like he only just got back into blading again at this point. Right. Um, but that was hilarious. That was that was so fun having those boys around. Um. I mean, Drupal is a larger than life personality, so it must have been kind of yeah. bizarre yeah. having him around all the time, just giving <laughs> it all the Yeah, he was great, man. Yeah. He's, he had such a, he was such a good heart, you know. So, yeah, he was, yeah, it was great fun. Everyone was there. Um, yeah, Murder would just show up as well and hang out, and it was kind of surreal. <laughs> just, yeah. But also, and also, Cattle lived uh, just over the water from us, so he would come over with a bunch of wood. And this like build a fire on the beach and stuff and all these random little nights it was so so nice man right. it was a great experience i wonder why Chaz never decided to try and make a go of it and live there like permanently during I'm, that I'm period sure it was on his mind for sure yeah right i'm, I'm sure yeah at some at one point i bet he was like he would have jumped on it 
Okay. And then you fast forward a few years and then you're back there. And was that the Razor's House? Te- there was a time uh, you stayed in the Razor's yeah. House. Have I made this up? Um, because you were filming so for children the second in the time, future. The second time I went actually was for oh yeah, so I won a ticket. That's what it was. I won a ticket at Slam Jam. That's right. That's, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So then you get to go to AIL in Woodward. That was the yeah. That was the prize. Yeah, I remember it did like the scholarship thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was when we stayed at um, Venice Beach. But yeah, so I was there for two weeks. Um, and then on the way home, Andy wrote me saying like, I didn't realize you were still in the States. Like, do you want to just miss your flight and stay? And it, this was like when we we're at the airport, like I'm checking in. And I was just like, oh, like what? <laughs> and then Joey was, Joey Egan was there. He's like, yes, you are. You're doing it, man. Like, and I was just, I was just like, so I felt so like, shit, man, I've got so much to do back home as well. I had to go back and work at the time. And. I was kind of like, oh, fuck. Oh. So anyway, for whatever reason, I chickened out and went home. And they still flew me back two days later. So I started everything out. And uh, yeah, it's like, and my girlfriend at the time as well, I was just kind of like, uh, yeah, sorry, goodbye uh, again. <laughs> and it was literally, so yeah, he messaged me like in the evening and it was, um, it was to film for, it was to film for the Children of the Future video. That's what it was um so yeah and it was like late at night and i was with everyone in the skate park and i got that message and i was just like holy shit man like okay i just need to do it <laughs> like yeah because really? i didn't i didn't even think he, he mentioned about like a video in the first message it was just kind of like do you want to stay and i, I was just kind of like oh that, you know yes i want to stay but i don't really know what's going on or so yeah. anyway went home and, and then yeah. and i found it was going to be for a video and everything and there was like a whole crew meeting up at the at the razor's house and Blah blah blah. I was like, okay, I just need to do this. Um, that must that must have been both exciting and scary because you're like, oh, the owner of the brand is literally calling me. Like, how many other scenarios does that happen? And yeah, and, but then you're like, oh shit, like it's not it's not a done deal. Like, I need to go there and deliver. Like, I need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like, I, need yeah, to go there. Like I had such a short time as well. It was a uh, yeah, it was crazy. But I think I was like, I, was, I think that like right then that was like the first introduction to even start to work with Andy or like speak to Andy or. That kind of opened that up because before that anything that went on it just would have went through Chaz or you know there was always this like there was this, this guy andy that owns a company and i was just you know blind to it all this whatever tagged along yeah it's, um, it's, yeah it's the first time you're actually like it doesn't feel like a foreign concept because you're not just dealing with like a middleman yeah yeah so now that, that was cool that was fun um like who was there um they burst was there the whole time that was pretty cool that was really nice actually because then I, I properly got to hang with Burston and like got to really get to know each other and like from then on just been been friends you know that's so what I mean like he's nice. he's been to visit you loads of times yeah I'd say like since you. then because we, we of course knew each other for years and just showing up at events and saying hello to each other but then to probably that was the first time like properly hanging out because I think he only just got on razors at that point and I don't even think I really saw him you know he he, he went from USD if you remember yeah then. yeah I remember that yeah yeah so it was like right just you know just not long before that that it happened um and then boom like on as well when, when we were there um we walked into razors for the first time like into the the distribution and everything and um and uh, alex had his skate sitting there waiting for him that was pretty sick that was a uh, that's pretty cool nice to like like to witness that you know like yeah. someone getting that that kind of whole like <laughs> 
walking into the office and like, whoa, this is Fraser's bum, and then you've got your fucking name on the skate, like right there in front of you. That's pretty sick. Yeah, that would have been yeah. an exciting thing to witness. Plus, kind of weird because everyone knew yeah. who skate it was going to be, and I'm sure Alex <laughs> did as well. And he must have been like, this is amazing for me, but really awkward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure like some people were more, we were just, to be honest, just hyped for bursting, you know, yeah. like, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sick. Um, that was a weird, right? So, that was a weird project because it was maybe a Razor's Am video, and then they yeah. had they had Tom the one obviously you guys, but Tom Coley Sowry as well from Australia was meant to be in it. Well, he was in it briefly, yeah. and I was like, he's yeah. amazing. He is like, yeah, yeah, so stylish. Love how he skates. He and then yeah. the cast was actually it was a it was a good cast of skaters, but the end product was like. The whole video just came off as really strange when it was finished and actually came out. And yeah. it felt like this thing that they just like you've got these great skaters. Eric Rodriguez had made a name for himself already, so everyone knew who he was, like associated with the whole kind of blader gang thing. But then when it came out, it was like, oh, and there was a lot of hype and a lot of like advertising leading up to it. It was like advertised at the end of every razor's edit at that point. And yeah. then it came out and it was like, this looks like you guys made this in like a week. <laughs> like like everyone was skating kind of the same spots i think i um i think a whole chunk of footage got lost as well actually right um yeah yeah hard drive like either got lost or died or something okay um during the whole and it was so it was philip long that was filming it at the time i don't know if you remember him i do yeah yeah so he filmed everything like we never filmed with erod once um, right. not when i was there anyway and then it was like i don't know what happened with philip or i don't know why or whatever but yeah then era took over. So I mean, yeah, I guess that's got to suck. Also having to just handle, yeah, a whole chunk of someone else's footage all of a sudden, and and like half of it's missing. Like all the double angles are gone, like all that kind of thing. Yeah, oh, I, I remember be... like there's a lot of like bursting stuff that was just you know completely gone and never be seen. Right. Yeah. I, I did not realize that. All right. Cause that yeah, the same thing happened with the shadow video. Brandon Negretti started it, then obviously got fed up with it for some reason or fell out with power slide and then ended up being paul john that finished it and it was like this looks entirely yeah, okay. different to what everyone was expecting because they expected yeah. a brandon negretti video and then it yeah. wasn't didn't you say you stayed with erod during that period though no you didn't stay at his house no 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 he he stayed with us like uh, on the very first trip right Maybe that's okay. that, that yeah. must be what it is um, um i think actually one there may have been one night at the razor's house that he was there this so happened to be because they had these like parties and uh yeah that's, that's what i was gonna ask what was that like what was it what, and what i was actually that? um on the the one night when there was like a proper party i was dead i was toast and i went and slept in the scooter house down the street in the what the scooter house they had a scooter house at the same time oh right okay right yeah so philip like the filmer and a bunch of other guys were just like they were they dropped off some people at the house it was kicking off you know we'd, we'd been skating all day like until late at night and then I only had like a couple of days left and I wanted to keep skating the next day. And I was just and the, the car that we were in, we're like, yeah, we're just going to continue and just pass out in the scooter house. I was like, okay, right now that seems like a good idea to me. I'm just going to take that, take that ship. Yeah. But yeah. See, so, you yeah. missed out. You missed out <laughs> in that experience. I, maybe I missed out or I escaped. I don't know. You escaped. It could have been a narrow escape. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. But yeah, that, that is, that is pretty nuts. So that means, that means you've had a section in a Razor's video and Chaz hasn't. 
Chaz never had a, like, that's crazy, isn't it? Like he had he had that's a pro skate. Crazy to think, he yeah. almost had a second pro skate. He was pro the whole yeah. time you were on the team, even now. Yeah, yeah, for a long yet time. Never featured in a single team I think video. He was supposed to like. I'm pretty sure he was supposed to have one. He was. Um, I'm sure he was. He was trying to get footage in. I think it was uh, yeah. game theory, and then game Brazil. Theory. Brazil was. Yeah, he thought his footage being... was like too old or something at the time. Yeah. I remember like they, they were all filming like um through winter and Chaz was he was down to film of course, but he was like in Glasgow and no one was sending him out there at that time to, to film. So plus I suppose yeah. the footage was would like look... snow and everything. I mean I actually remember yeah. Chaz sending Andy a picture of like the snow on the ground. He's like, What do yeah. you want me to do, man? He's like asking him if he's filming, he's like sent him there. Yeah. yeah. Plus any footage he did yeah. get, it would be like winter in scotland where it's all gray and miserable and like horrible looking and then you're trying to splice it with california footage of other and they'll be like this looks like two different videos yeah so yeah yeah that's nuts yeah it would have been it would have been weird actually yeah um but yeah that's a funny thought that chaz didn't have a racial section he had a yeah. lot of sections like over the years he, he put yeah. out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the so, ground control one actually. That was the, the ground control. Yeah. Same same people, same group of people that would have been in the races video pretty much almost. True, true. The team that was always kind of weird. It was like a separate brand, but it felt like everyone who rode for razors got hooked up with ground control. Like everyone, everyone who rode for razors wore ground control t-shirts. And it's like, where does yeah. one where does one end and one start? Yeah. 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 I was definitely one of those tag alongs on the ground control team also why not get what you can for ground control i think that's how it went for yeah exactly um so you mentioned alex obviously like Chaz got you on like who were your who were your other like favorite people that you like loved hanging about with you're like or that surprised you and you were like whoa did not realize i'd get along with you so well that's like that's a pleasant um yeah that's funny actually because there's a lot of that that goes on because you just you know you all you see is like sections of people and I mean, you really get to hang out and like live together for a month or something like, you know, the bonds you create like through through that are just like such a different scenario compared to the watching a section. But I haven't, I think that happened a lot actually with different people. Um, but around like that time, like the the kind of early moment or early days of Razors with, um, man, there's so many names popping in my head. Like even, even like the UK team, like originally, like all the UK guys, like Andy Sperry, like all yeah. these dudes, Dan McLaren, like we all got on so well. Um, and then like getting to skate with like Howie Bennett and these guys, you know, that like how he was incredible, you know, and getting to hang out with them and like live together. And um, but like Burst, Burston, I'd, pro I'd probably say I was probably closest with Burston and Josh, definitely Josh. Josh Kowicki, We really, yeah. really vibe with Josh and we got on well. Um, because it was also a kind of moment where him and I were getting opportunities to travel a lot because we we're just kind of letting it happen. We're like, okay, Andy, we're, we're so free right now. Like, yeah, you know, whatever's open, we'll take it. <laughs> and and, and he, of course he loved that, you know, it was like, he was more than cool with that. So whenever, whenever there was a flight available, he'd just like put us on it and we were just getting to go everywhere. It was great. Plus I think a lot of that was being easy to work with because you, you get skaters that are either a difficult or b just really unorganized and like will miss flights or you send them on tour and they'll fuck around and not get footage or not compete or not even show up to contests yeah. and stuff like that if you've got people that don't create a lot of static don't get themselves into trouble don't you know like have conflict with other members of the team and just show up and just do what they're meant to do i mean i'm also like can you imagine with a team like razors as well and there was like so many people you know and andy's having to juggle all these guys and 
must be a nightmare, like booking flights and like trying to sort out like all these little children's issues. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, you're like, this is not worth um, it. Yeah. I, I used to like really try not to give Andy any, like the slightest bit of a hard time. I, I was just like so appreciative of anything, like a flight or whatever. I was just loving it because my situation at the time was we were living at unit. I didn't really have many worries at the time. Every like accommodation was safe, zero bills. Pretty much, I would go home and teach some kids, and the yeah. rest of it was just like, okay, razors, like whatever you have to offer, I'm gonna jump on and like <laughs> take this one. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. interesting you mentioned Howie Bennett. I still think about him from time to time, and be like, that was that was such an incredible opportunity to reinvent, like, because obviously they reinvented razors in Shima's image because razors were going for like quite a few years and it wasn't really yeah. going anywhere. Like they weren't, they weren't, a, they weren't a competitor. Like they had like Marco Hinsey and Raphael Sandoz and stuff like that in the nineties. But, and they, they also sponsored Josh Petty, but Josh Petty jumped ship pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got Shima and it was like, reinvent yeah, the yeah. company, rocker brand, yeah. Shima's brand, get yeah. John Elliott, get murder, da, da, da. And then it was, yeah. but then that kind of like petered out after like, you know, obviously it changed that you had Aragon stuff like that. And that was that, like it turned into like he was the face of the brand yeah but then after that ended it was like how he was the perfect chance to like reinvent the brand again and go oh we're going this direction now we're going to lean right into yeah. like the kind of arty weird like yeah, yeah, yeah. ultra creative rollerblading and yeah. they just they just let it pass and i was like they turned him pro didn't give him a skate it just kind of like and he obviously got burned like, out and fed I mean, up i don't even know the full story you know i don't know if because I think because I didn't, I also don't know what heavy story was with kind of like fading away from skating, like as a whole. I, I don't know if it was because of anything, any issues with that, or I don't know. A couple of the guys have yeah. touched on it in podcasts, like a wax toaster podcast, basically saying because there was like Cody Lampman and stuff like that that were in that crew as well. Yeah. And they just yeah. said that they were so perfectionist and so like wanted to create like the best section, da 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 that they were yeah. just killing themselves and like trying to make like the best stuff they could. And then when they made it or like they'd send it to sponsors and stuff, just were like, oh, this isn't, we're, we're, we're like properly like putting ourselves through misery here to try and create yeah. something brilliant and we're getting nothing in return. Like, yeah, can, okay. I can imagine that being quite demoralizing. Yeah. But then like, I mean, Cody's still putting out incredible stuff. This is true. Like, this is true. He's not getting yeah. in financially, like if he does, I'm sure it's not, you know, no one is really to a certain degree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I guess it's like the, the appreciation like shifts, right? Because then once you get a little bit older, you kind of like, man, this blading thing means like too much <laughs> to us, you know, hold on to it for dear life as long yeah. as we can kind of thing. And like to even be able to be able to physically pull off a section is like another like oh thank god you know? yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's still what i was talking to cody about it at the weekend uh it went a question he was just like yeah just not i'm not really happy with that section at all he's like and he's just like i just feel yeah, like a lot. and you're like what are you talking about like yes it's short but you filmed like it looked like it was filmed i don't know in a week a couple of weeks whatever i was like you filmed it in yeah. new york he was like yeah i get really beat up new york was unkind to me and i was like and then I watched that again and I was like, there's so much great stuff in this. You literally do a sunny day wall ride to sunny day yeah. on a wall rail. That is so like... Yeah, that was awesome. That was so sick. Like, I don't think it's possible to comprehend how actually dangerous that trick is. Like, like if yeah. you mess up the first bit, you're getting worked. If you don't lock onto the wall rail properly, you're getting pitched onto the ground. It looks really yeah. clever. It's properly scary. 
Yeah, man. Was that the one that he was like, was he sick on it or something? Or there was something... I can't remember what he said. He just said there was like a couple of battles and I, he, yeah. he didn't really go into too much detail. But then I spoke I to mean, Mike Torres the next night and Mike was like, sure. yeah, Mike was like, I was perfectly happy with the footage. He's like, I thought he did a brilliant job. He was like, yeah, of course. We does. keep having these discussions, and I was like, "Dude, <laughs> he, was, he was apparently he was like trying to convince Cody that the stuff he'd got was good, and Cody just yeah. wasn't having it." <laughs> I mean, he's like, you can kind of see he's a perfectionist in his own way as well. Like, yeah, the stuff he's doing, like when you hear him talking about the his sections when he was talking about the um, he already had the song fixed, and then he knew that the pod slide was going to like fit in perfectly at this point of the the song. You know he's going he's obviously this he knows what he wants you, you've it's got really sick. there's there's like there's a brand of skater like that though that you can tell spends a lot of time thinking about how they want it presented like yeah. like the feeling they want to like emit from it they don't just go oh here's all my stuff i'll leave it to yeah. you i'll leave it to you to edit and pick a song they're like no this is what i'm going for yeah this, and so i mean it shows right i mean fuck, his sections are incredible it's so good yeah Corey's amazing, man. Such, a nice, such a nice dude as well yeah. definitely got a lot of appreciation for Cody man. yeah I'm a huge yeah. fan of Cody Lampman yeah definitely yeah. um I suppose that leads on to the other weird thing you lived in a skate park for like what a decade close to a decade <laughs> I think for like I think it could have been seven years it was such a oh, weird oh, setup oh. like yeah yeah going to visit you there and then you'd go through the back of the skate park down this little hall through all these yeah. just like essentially like storage rooms and then the first room that you had that had it had a kind of like ensuite shower thing man that was luxury compared to the first room it was, like, like, it was, we basically, were... it was basically like an abandoned living room that you had a bed in it was so yeah weird. yeah if people oh, could man. see like, photos I mean, shout of that out to, shout out to unit 23 and check and all those boys for allowing us to like to be there it was so lucky man like because originally chris was there chris was staying there um from time to time on a couch like find the couch sleep you know and um it kind of felt like he was young as well and it kind of felt like he was like begging us to stay at the weekends like for the full weekend <laughs> like well, he, he said, lived, chris so yeah you're talking about chris kyle the uh, bmx yeah. he lived like near the borders though didn't he so it's like a long way for him to travel to yes from Rar. he's from, from Rar, he from, yeah. yeah so it took him like a good couple hours maybe a few hours to get there you know and i'm from chapelton and then just getting the train and the bus was a pain in the ass so it was like we ended up like staying there for the weekend a couple of times, but he would then just stay still the rest of the week himself. And um, and then actually, I was also I was crashing at Chaz's a lot because he was in Clyde Bank, so it was a little bit closer, which was awesome. Like his mum would like host us, and yeah, it was so so nice, you know. Um, just be able to be able to take a fifteen minute train or less to the skate yeah. park was like so like incredible for me. Like I had I used to have to wait. Like my buses were uh, one every hour out of Chapelton. Nice. And it, if you miss that bus, you're just like heartbroken, you know. Uh, which happened a lot. Um, but yeah, so this to, to be able to be so close was really nice. And then um, I think we I started to get to know Chris by by staying at Chaz's a lot. And sometimes we would just we would just go there late at night and be like, "Why don't we see if we go and check on Chris, see if he's all right?" <laughs> kind of thing. Didn't he used and to rollerblade as well? I'm sure Chris told me he yeah. rollerbladed at yeah, one yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I've seen him like kind grind the the long the old long box on the flat bank and stuff. Yeah. Like he was crazy good. Um, yeah. So ended up just staying more and more and more and more. And then it came to a point where we were like sharing a pull out, <laughs> a pull out couch thing, like in the uh, in the old. Remember the old um, 
Chaz, it was Chaz's room at one point, like for the, for the event, there was like a, that, that big room, when you first go through the back, there's like a big room. I, I, I did it. Was that the one that had like the Red Bull bin thing in it? Was it that one? Yeah. Yeah. It, was, I mean, like it, yeah. it I became know. a mess. Originally it was, it was pretty nice at one point. I had like some nice couches and stuff and then it just, you know, it became like a storage room slash kind of just, yeah, commune <laughs> thing going on. So that's where we first started crashing. It was freezing cold, you know, and like sleeping in there through the winter and stuff. It was insane. And then we, it was randomly one day we found the room or the room was actually rented out that small. The first one you were talking about with the shower. And um, the guy, we heard the guy literally like leaving the room who was renting it and like unloading the stuff. We walked in there and we're like, holy shit, it's pretty nice in here. <laughs> like, it's good. So then we just, we, we put all the stuff in there. We even found some carpet, put carpet down, had the TV in there and everything. And then like Chick came back from his holiday and like looked in. He was just like, what the fuck? Like fully moved in. We're sitting here like tucked in watching TV. Yeah. Also, that's so random. Did the guy like, do like skate or skateboard or like BMX? Like, why was there just a random guy living in? No, it was the just like part? some storage. It was like some storage space because ah, that, right, like, okay. some of the areas around the back, you know, it was there was so much space. I guess so he would just rent out some of these rooms, right? For, for storage, you know. Okay. Or maybe some of the other companies nearby, or you know, it would have just been, yeah, a bunch of junk in there probably or whatever. I don't know, but yeah. Um, so yeah, and I guess that was the start of it. That was like the first like real little room, and then at the weekends everyone would sleep in that room, like on the floor, like everywhere, in this tiny little box. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, long story short, there was ended up being way more rooms upstairs and yeah because yeah then you guys did the refurb and basically built like a dorm room an extreme sports dorm room that had god knows like what eight bedrooms or something like that i think i had 11 all yeah in all. and it was yeah. just this big and, uh... long corridor where like it, it was kind of like a university like halls of residence but for extreme sports it was yeah it was so random yeah. but yeah it, it was, was incredible it was yeah. i mean going from going from the dungeons to then like <laughs> up to like the Hilton, it felt like, you know, it was, it was I mean, you did a good job. Like it, yeah, it yeah. was legit, man. It was better. It was nicer than my bedroom back home for sure. Like it was great. I wish, oh God, I wish people could see, could have seen photos of what you stayed in originally, which is like a little kid's dream. Like, oh, I'm in the skate park, but it was proper grotty. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. To then being, in, sure. being in like the new like IKEA show, showroom bedroom, which was like, yeah. <laughs> Like bright lights. Window, looking yeah. over, you know, sipping my coffee in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, such a transition. But that was like that was so fun, man. Like I, I miss all those boys big time. Yeah, um, was, yeah, that was hilarious times. Because it was also like everyone had their own little journey, you know. Like Chris was really taking off with BMX and everything, and I was really into blading and would start to travel and go away, come back, and Jason Phelan was there doing his own thing with BMX and. I still so see him like quite randomly and, and it's yeah, yeah it's so yeah, funny so it was really sick it was such a funny little like group of like lost boys that kind of yeah left together now and then but it was such like it was such a kind of unique thing like you always knew if you went to unit there'd be people hanging out in the reception and the reception like office didn't feel like an office it felt like someone's living room there'd be guys in yeah. there watching videos or listening to music or just hanging out or if it got to the weekends and it was late They'd wait till everyone left and then they'd have like crack open a beer or something and it it didn't feel like escape it felt like you were literally going to like just hang out with your mates it didn't feel yeah. like you were going to a random business it felt like you were going to like a community yeah 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 that's pretty cool yeah but i definitely often wondered like how it looks from the outside looking in you know if, if you kind of turn up at that skate park for the first time and <laughs> it's just like 
the office is this warm with people, you know. But then I guess I would imagine as being as a parent now, but like, oh, that's nice. Like there's a community spirit about it. Like they're obviously yeah, looking true. out for you and everyone knows each other. And you, yeah. from that that element, I'd be like, oh, that's that's comforting to know that it's like, you know, a, a friendly place. Yeah. But it, it probably would have looked a bit wild as well. Know that was, <laughs> but um, but actually, like, because we had the lessons also in the the Saturday Sunday mornings, and the parents like loved it, like the whole thing. They thought it was great. They thought it was hilarious. Just us, like, somehow pulling it together and then taking their children for a for like a lesson. You know, they thought it was hilarious. Yeah. This whole like, um, I guess there's a little part of them that just kind of wish that they could have. You know, it's, 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 it's like proper Peter Pan stuff. Really yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I, I feel like it contributed to people having like a not. I feel like, like it gave people kind of inaccurate, inaccurate. Sorry, like impression of what type of skater you were. I feel like for years people just thought you as a part of skater because of you living at unit yeah, and didn't realize sure. that you were a total street rat, but because yeah. your first like big edit was the one that Chaz made of you at unit, which ended up getting, I couldn't even find it. I went to look today. I don't even know if it's still on the Razor's channel. I had, yeah, at I one point I had like 80k or something that was meant, like I had, a, I had like a lot okay. of views. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it got, actually got taken down a couple of times. Right. But that was, um, I, I yeah. think a lot of people that was like, because it was the first one you made that really like hit and had like yeah. a lot of traction so i think a lot of people are like oh park rat and it's like nah that yeah. Guy, like yeah yeah um yeah that was that was definitely like the first kind of section you would like took our time with and like kind of thought what to do instead of previously if we were like anything filmed in glasgow would have just been you know where are we today yeah let's film it whatever um but yeah that was a that was a fun one to film for sure it was, it was cool. man. It was, it was also that like was an amazing section. It was the garden. It was your our home. That's so you it. could like really like play with it, and you got to know like every transition so well. So it was, it was nice. Yeah, and then next one. The next one was the wheel scene one, wasn't it? Next one was the one yeah. we did. That yeah. Was... <laughs> Any, anything in, in between that would have been like because Chaz and I had a couple edits after that that just kind of kept coming. And I think that's, that's. I think um, Andy had like incentives for, yeah. for like videos, or st he started to get into that realm. You know, well, um, you guys had a you guys had a bunch of sections yeah. at unit because it got like, to the point where you were like, I'm not filming any more clips. Yeah, I got here. so sick of it. This I is got, this I is too much. So sick of it at one point. Um, um, yeah, because it, it's also like it's like what else can you do now? You feel like you've done everything at the time. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then it was the the camera that I filmed your section on terribly. Um, was it was Chaz that sold me the camera? He was getting oh, rid of his, okay. and I was like, "I've never had money to have a camera before. I now have a job. Let me buy that camera." I did not know what I was doing when <laughs> when Aunt saw that footage. Obviously, Aunt Medina ended up editing the section. He was just like, "What the fuck is this crap? Like, what? How am I meant?" <laughs> How am I meant to make this viewable? I think he he's managed like, to cover up some of it pretty yeah, good. He's like, the skating's good, but even when I look back on it now, I'm like, that fisheye is like 20 feet away. I don't know what. Yeah. But I remember when I, when I saw the, um... but yeah, you, you've you've had your practice now. Like, don't worry, you picked up a bit, you know. I was... But the, I remember I saw the, the picture, uh, sorry, the clip of the, the truth also got reposted. And I was actually like, shit, man, you must have been charging quite a bit behind also, like, to 
because the timing of that one was actually pretty good. I thought that was probably the better, the most better film clip. Was it some of them? Do. Yeah, Chris Smith commented on one of them. Actually, the torque slide. Chris Smith was like, "You filmed that one good," and I was like, "Yeah, you don't want to see the other clips. You don't want to see." <laughs> <laughs> some of them were horrendous. Um, yeah. Actually, there was some and just flat out refused to use. He was like, "That's not going in," and he's like, "The trick's good," but he's like, "That's not." Yeah, I'm. I'm not putting my name to that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Dave. That was. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm. I'm the one that should yeah. be sorry. You were. You were doing your job. I was not doing mine. <laughs> I didn't even. Sometimes I'd turn on the camera and everything would be yellow, and I'm like, "How do you? How do you make this go away?" <laughs> New sure. nothing. Um. Yeah. Jesus. Um. And then obviously after that, the pro skate came, and then you yeah. went out to Texas and actually yeah. got to film properly with Aunt Medina. That must have been, although he he said you were like, he said you kind of struggled with it when you tried to go on like solo missions. He said you were fine if there was a group, but anytime yeah. you tried to film you on your own, you properly were like, nah, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't get into it. Like, I'm, I think I'm a little bit better at that nowadays, but at the time it was just like, I could never, I always struggled to like film just for the clip or something or the, and also, I mean, I felt at the time there was a little bit more pressure on my shoulders as well. Just with such a short period of, period of time to then like make this thing, you know. And yeah, I remember just being like, yeah, exhausted also and <laughs> struggling. So I helped when, um, yeah, like if like Andrew Broom and like a couple of the boys would come out skating and just kind of, then you can just watch and like, yeah, feel the session, like skate for the session a bit more instead of like only just going for the, for the clip but yeah now, nowadays that's like all we do is like you know if it's for david it's like okay we're going to this spot and we're going to go and get this and yeah nowadays it feels a bit because it's just it's still it's just a bit more for fun and if you don't get it then whatever yeah of and course it, we do have the crew sessions too but even like if we go skating on a saturday here sometimes there's only one guy that actually skates really <laughs> the rest of us just hang out and like support Right. Okay. Sometimes you get a few clips in a day, you know, that's cool and all, but it's just like the the support is always there here, which is pretty nice. Right. Someone's in the background rooting for you, you know, or like David is like the most supportive videographer in the world. Like that it's, guy would do yeah. anything to make the clip happen. It's, it, it's quite funny when you see just how excited he gets when you land a trick. Like when you do like the, was it, is it Topsail or is it Back Row? What's the one you do at the end of seasons? Back Row. So back uh, row. It's back row, isn't it? Down the steps. Yeah. 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 Back row. Hands around all the steps. And then he basically yeah. is just like so except like runs over and rugby tackles you and you're like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was that was a that was a bit of a mission, that one as well. Because it was also starting to be like, as it can I even get away with this one? Because it just kept slipping out every time. So that one was just like lucky, like just got lucky with that one. And it was like, okay, we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> right okay no more no more um, um but yeah sorry like going back to medina he, he was amazing it was to to film with him for the first time like i already looked up to medina and his videos so it was pretty pretty awesome to be there in texas and film with him plus it yeah. came off like that section came off um, like i thought it was amazing yeah it came off really well um i can't stand it really I said, when I watch it back, I'm just like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> it was as if, like, okay, there's another obstacle, just jump off that, get to get the clip and keep it going. Like, 
there's another one let's do another but, 180 and jump off that there was, just, a, there was a lot of jumping off real. stuff yeah it was like it became like the last couple of days was like desperation to get it done I was, i'd sit in the back of the car with the earphones on this like oh trying to get myself in the in the zone show up at the spot and there's like not talking me like okay let's get this fucking done and then yeah it was just, it was a bit of a struggle it was also amazing like being there being in texas was sick yeah but, but yeah when you know you've got a skate coming out and you're like if i don't make a yeah. good plus that was the that was the era of you had to have a good promo with a skate now i feel like it's a little bit more lax and some skates come out without even having promos but like i feel like then it was like when the promo comes out you kind of have to justify why you've been given a skate and you have to be like if i don't deliver yeah, I that as well yeah i mean if people and talking like, no one knew shit about me. i was in the states yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah, because I remember when Alex's was coming out and like it was the roar news era and people were just leaving. Like you get like people leaving nice comments being like, oh, amazing, true top solar fish brain or whatever. And then some people be like, who the hell is this guy? I've never even heard of him. Why is he getting yeah, yeah, yeah. like doing all the shit talking? You're like, yeah, of course. So yeah, that was a funny timer. Like the, yeah, the shit talking. You must miss that, Dave. No, because I like <laughs> it when people, I like it when people put their name behind it. So yeah, true. I'll, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, the role you think is actually bullshit, right? Because then you yeah. can just be anonymous. Howard's yeah. in the internet. Anyone, anyone can hide behind a screen name and talk shit. If if you're going to run your mouth, put your face behind it and say, "Yes, it's coming from me." Don't, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do it anonymously. I hate that stuff. No, that's true, no. So you're actually probably the only guy that's doing that now, honestly, with your face and <laughs> name behind it. Soon, <laughs> soon to be a dented face. Soon to be, it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not happened yet, has it? That's been. The no no but then well actually when i was making fun of uh michael vitzman at the weekend these mates were like you're just a dick and i was like yeah you're right you're right so i never I never got to that level but they they just accepted the you're like you're like you're really sarcastic i was like yes yes i'm sorry <laughs> um but you know he's turned pro and he's getting a wheel out of it so he can't complain about being made fun of because it's, it's working out for him so he's doing okay, all right so you're trying to bring him down a peg or two in that he's Oh, no, I was trying to before I was telling him he wasn't going to turn pro and then he was just laughing at my expense because I hadn't seen the Instagram post so yeah it, it, it backfired on me big time <laughs> um so what like what prompted the decision to move to Copenhagen then because you've lived there for what eight it's going on years seven now? years seven years right yeah um I, yeah, I just met I met Carolina instead that was pretty much it it, it, is she is she Danish? Is she from Copenhagen? Yeah, yeah she's Danish. Yeah, she's brought up here my whole life. Her, her parents are Polish. Right. I, uh, I was wondering what the Polish connection was. And, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's born and bred here. Um, but I mean, of course, I liked Copenhagen and I had a great trip here. Like that year was amazing in general. And it was just like I fell in love with the city and a woman at the same time. Was and that, that was it? Was that the year you filmed Kion, Kion Project, or did you move there no, before that? No, that was before. Um, before uh, so yeah, this was all after, but uh, yeah, the Kion was a couple of years before that. So I've been to Copenhagen like, a couple of times right. prior to, it was like 2000, yeah, 2016 we met. And yeah. you weren't you weren't tempted to be like, Carolina, do you want to, do you want to come back to Scotland with me and live in live in? No, unit? I was like, uh, please, can I stay here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got, this, I've got be... this room at the skate park. It's really nice. This... <laughs> yeah, you can raise a family. Like it's a great place. Um, 
you could raise a family there. Actually. I mean, like, perfect, I'm, perfect I'm, playground. I'm surprised it didn't happen. Yeah, but um, um yeah, the yeah. What, you're just, you're just, you're just picturing that now, aren't you? What, to think, yeah, what life could have been. You're like, shit. Yeah. We could have literally started. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, long story short, Copenhagen's awesome. I, 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 yeah. So I was going to say, I, um, I was kind of looking for somewhere to like stay because around that time I was traveling a lot. I started to just, you know, think, okay, where else, but maybe like spend some time in Europe somewhere else, like, or where would it be? Because before that, I was actually living in Germany for a little bit on and off. We would just stay at the um, at the Sunshine Warehouse, yeah, um, for like quite long periods at a time, actually. And I would also, because I was work, I was like the sales rep there, and would sometimes do some work in the warehouse with like orders and stuff and help out a little bit. So that actually also became a hub, like on the Europe side a little bit and then like obviously Scotland was home at Unit 23 and everything but we would use that that warehouse a lot isn't isn't the warehouse for Sunshine like a kind of small town though I can't imagine there's much happening there yeah not so much it's on the outside of uh, Nuremberg but Nuremberg's a pretty nice city definitely super like medieval city it's really cool actually pretty cool place okay Um, but yeah where the warehouse is is outside the city and there's nothing there besides a garage and a McDonald's and that's it. Great. But yeah. <laughs> um but that was pretty cool. It was really nice to be able to use that. And it was like a nice they had like a nice apartment upstairs from the the warehouse. It was a, it was a pretty awesome spot actually. Nice. Um but yeah, I was look yeah. I was looking for something else. Um to just experience like living permanently somewhere or semi permanent in Copenhagen was like this is too perfect of a scenario right now and then like yeah with Kalina like I literally when I got here after Roskilde I started I just crashed to her place and then never left you've got a habit <laughs> doing that so there was never a yeah crashing in places that's, never that's just your theme throughout like Shit, I'm sleeping man. here now <laughs> I think very here. like a yeah very traveler vibe you know just like <laughs> arriving and taking over there. um because I mean yeah I was still <clears throat> I was still like going back for sales trips and doing like a bit of work in the UK but then I would just come back here and it was so cheap to fly back and forth and stuff and so yeah there was never like a moment of like okay let's move in together or let's uh yeah let's move to Copenhagen just yeah and being here like you know she had she's got her life I had like everyone around me at the same time like that same year Montre was also here for a period right but she was there as well wasn't he Richie Eisler was living Not, there. He has been before, yeah. Right. And he has been a lot of time here. Um, but this around, like the whole Ross Kelder thing, like times, like that kind of like season, like the amount of people coming in and out is like amazing. So it was just so nice. Like, and Sizemore was here. It was like, yeah. I was really starting to just be like, this place is incredible and it just works. And, uh, yeah, because yeah. he, was, he was the first to move there. Like first kind of like expat yeah. guy to move there, right? I think so. I mean, there probably has been others, like yeah, at least for periods of time. But yeah, no, I mean, like permanently, like yeah, yeah, and yeah. still here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously, Greg Preston's been there like intermittently over the years. Yeah, yeah, he was actually he's probably the first to like uh, to stay. He like he had a full full time job here and everything. Like I remember yeah. repairing repairing coffee machines. Yeah, yeah. So strange, 
So, Very so, just, so just completely out there. Um, what are like the cultural differences you notice between there and Scotland that are like, oh, that's weird, or or like that's funny, or I don't know, that's cool, or whatever? Like, because there it, it must like it must be a very different way of life there than it's it is totally here. Different. It's totally different. <clears throat> like um, Dom was talking about when he goes back home now, it's kind of like you sit back and kind of just like watch a little bit now when you go home to Scotland. It's like whoa, everything is just so different. Like the whole culture and everything is just yeah um yeah it really is i feel like copenhagen is just a bit more chill in general it's just very calm even like work life like the whole thing is just calm um people don't there's not much drama or anything this feels really really easy easy going um yeah you just need to come and experience it see it for yourself you, you were mentioning like just yeah everyone cutting about in bikes like being very different from obviously being over here because the weather's horrendous most of the time and yeah the hills and then just randomly like stopping and you you mentioned the other weekend just you see just people having like a nice time in the park and you're like oh i'm just going to stop here on the way home for a wee bit and just watch yeah, yeah. the world go by and you're like yeah like, that 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 seems quite idyllic it's and so nice, like, pleasant. like spring spring summertime just everyone just yeah hangs hangs around it's really nice. That's the that I mean. That's the cool part about having like bike lanes, like connecting the whole city. You know, you can just any direction you feel like to to head towards. You're going to find something to do, or find something like uh, entertaining at some point. It's, right. it's really cool. But isn't yeah. it really expensive to live there? Um, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, yeah, it kind of is. But the, if you're if you're here and you're working here, you're probably okay. You know the, yeah. yeah. I mean, like the rent and everything can be expensive, but yeah, for us right now, we are, we're pretty lucky. We have like, yeah, low um, low cost on everything actually <laughs> right now. Right. Yeah, we're pretty like lucky to. We have this an apartment that's um within like a kind of union thing, and there's a lot of those. Like if you're in a certain um trade or something, or you can get these, you get like access to cheap rent. <laughs> or low rent all right but then you know that the same apartment same size next door to you pays like triple or something ah uh, right okay right right um uh. but the but yeah i think if you're if you're coming like from another country it can feel really expensive but there's also like there's ways to there's there's ways to get around that you know if you come as a tourist you're going to get sucked into the tourist trap for sure there's a lot of that um this is like like really really nice really nice areas to go for when you're visiting that you just don't go when when you when you live here but it's also yeah. so nice to take to take like when family come to visit it's like we're always going to the to these locations like new Hound and stuff they're just like beautiful you know but yeah if you want to buy a cup of coffee it's like you know there goes your wallet <laughs> nice nice that's what i was going to ask because obviously you've got your dad and your sister still yeah. in scotland did they ever like put the pressure on you being like like you ever coming home like you're like or are they like no nope, that's your new life now enjoy it they have asked like if we ever would imagine going home um you're like right now no. I definitely can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. but they love visiting here they love it they love copenhagen they're all about it like my sister um she can almost like speak danish now this from deciding to pick it up because just for the kids and everything no way that's but amazing yeah, she probably she probably actually knows more than than i do which is like reading wise 
right. speaking not so much but and, and listening because she doesn't get to hear it every day but reading is sometimes like when we go to like restaurants and stuff you know she could just like fire away through everything and i'm just like oh shit <laughs> you're, like, to... you're like what's that what is, what, what what is that what, yeah. what's in that like she's, in that she's on like um what's it called duolingo like she, she's been on that like every day since rosa was born or something like, that's yeah, very cool that's that's 10 out of 10 anti points for that yeah for sure definitely but now rosa speaks english so what was the point now nah that's <laughs> nah, <it's> really <laughs> nah, i'm joking that's it's really cool it's so nice you're like you yeah. put in all that effort but it was fucking pointless well done <laughs> <laughs> yeah Kind of. No, no, not at all. That was, it was a really, really cool thing to do. My, yeah, my dad um, also tries to understand a little bit. And, yeah. But yeah, I'm sure there's also, that's the, that's the only kids in the family on both sides. So yeah, I'm sure they're a little bit like, oh, it'd be so nice to have them to stay at least for a little while in Scotland yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since, since the whole COVID thing, we've still not been back, which, which sucks, of course, but You've yeah. still not been we, back since they left the restrictions from coronavirus. That's wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's been like three years now. Oh, yeah, you're you're gonna get in trouble. I'm telling you. That's... <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, it sucks because there's also there's a lot of like cousins and stuff that have been nice for the kids to meet. And yeah, we we we, we do plan to go, and we were supposed to be there for Christmas, but then I just opened the shop at that time, and it was like too early to leave it. And yeah. Yeah, there's just too much going on. That's fair enough. Um, hopefully, hopefully I can get a, a trip there soon. Yeah. So, oh, that, right. I, I remember the conversation we had. Uh, you're probably not going to remember this. Um, but so you you skate for razors. You skate for ground control. You were you kind of had something going on with head and skate as well at some point, or like. Um. Yeah. It was. Cause remember. Um, Roll kings. Yeah, and then that oh, they literally like were turning into head-on skate at one yeah. point. That was the plan. So you had all that going on, but during that period, you told me about another very famous skate shop that I'm not going to name that wanted to sponsor you, and you were like, uh, and you're quite apprehensive about it. And you told me about a wheel brand that wanted to sponsor you and give you a pro wheel, and you turned them both down. And I've always kind of wondered about that because most people would like bite their hand off and go, "Oh, you want to give me a pro wheel? Cool, I'll take I'll take the pro wheel." But I remember you having like quite specific reasons for just not wanting a shop sponsor and not wanting a wheel was, sponsor. Yeah, I think there was also like a, and it wasn't even necessarily like a full on like turn down or like a. It was just like some options like kind of floating around, you know, um, and I wasn't it wasn't like I was like no way or anything. It was more just okay, let's just see how things go because with razors the whole thing was with razors right it was kind of like i just don't need anything like i couldn't there was no point in like building up the sponsors or i just didn't feel that necessary to like load up more sponsorship for maybe just some extra product or whatever or i felt like i had everything i needed and i had all my travel i could possibly ask for i didn't yeah um yeah, my exact reasons at the time. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. But that, like, that, that's the opposite of other most other skaters. Will go, oh yeah, cool. I'll rack up the sponsors. I'll get the free product. It gives me more stuff to like, I don't know, sell off on the side to try and make some extra cash or whatever. But you were like, well, no, it just it just doesn't seem necessary. I just don't. I just don't yeah, want it. Yeah, and like a yeah, it was really nice just to be able to anything that we had to do like sponsorship wise was just directed around razors and then yeah. 
it wasn't like anyone was like, okay, we're going to pay you this, or it wasn't, you know, it could have been fun to have like some extra like sponsors, but it, like all my friends, I guess, or, you know, the community around us with Razors was just there. So, you know, to then have responsibilities to start filming for other brands and stuff, it was almost like, didn't really have the time or want to really, I don't know. Yeah, just, that, um, yeah, that makes sense. Like not wanting to stretch yourself too thin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just it wasn't necessary, I guess. I All had right. some I had the little job going on with um with lessons, like the like teaching the kids in unit twenty three and then the extra little bits, little crumbs on top from razors and travel wise and everything. <laughs> so I was I was very content. So when did it when did it transfer into from being the pro skater and having the skate and stuff like that to then starting to work on the other side of it because you started doing the U, was it UK distribution or like UK shop accounts or um, I'm not quite clear what you were before that I was like the I was a team manager that's what yeah. it was at one point um this was when it was still with TKC and then Sunshine took over the distribution from all the brands and kept they took like the scooter one and every, like AO scooters and um yeah i guess ground control like everything to start just became from sunshine europe so from then on it was i was yeah kind of i was the uk manager but also then became a got from the sales rep job um so i was still skiing it was actually right that was right when uh the the skate came out yeah yeah like my first skate came out which is funny because i got i would get more royalties or more um what was it what's the word commission for if I sold the skate compared to the royalties, you know, prepared uh, compared to like being, yeah, the incentives for being a rider, yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's so it's like it'd be better off like selling the skate to a shop than than even like trying to. But yeah, anyway, it was the funny thing. It was, but yeah, it, so the, the very when I got that job, um, I was going around to the shops with my skate as well. It's kind of. I helped a little bit to shops that didn't had no idea who I was. I was the new guy then, like the new guy that's coming from a German distributor that no one heard of to these like scooter shops and like skate shops and everything. And you know, because there was like such a vast majority of shops in the UK, it's insane. There's so many. Yeah. yeah. A lot of like BMX shops that would maybe just stock like a, a few scooters and like the odd uh, Genesis Junior or something and you know that kind of thing going on. So we would visit all of them. And yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, kind of crazy. That you're like, like, they're like, yeah, yeah, they're like, who the hell are you? And you're like, oh, I'm the guy in the box. I'm yeah, like, exactly. Oh. It's like it kind of was. It was kind of like, a, I was like, no, I'm, I'm legit. <laughs> like, this is real. We're not, we're not fake. Um, yeah, it took some time to get that to get it off the ground, but um, that job eventually was was great. It was an awesome job. What What was that like? Like working on the other side and seeing it from that perspective. Like, did it give you? Did it give you like a different understanding in terms of, because obviously before you're the skater and I, I assume there's certain decisions that you're like, I don't understand why this is happening or I don't understand why we can't get yeah, this or that. And then when you start working yeah. on that side, did it give you like more appreciation for like the, the company's side of things or? I was all, see from when I first got on Razors, I was so curious and I was asking like a million question, questions to Chaz like all the time about that kind of stuff. And this, but when I went to, uh, when I started working for TKC, that was like the first introduction to like, cause that's like, that's a pretty big distributor. And um, cause they had, they had like 
coffee machines, you know, like coffee presses, like AeroPress, like all these things. And then along with like skateboard and skiing and everything. Um, so this, that was like a vast business, like to see that kind of like lifestyle change. Then, okay, this is like the business behind it all. Um, I guess I was I was introduced to that pretty early or early on. Um, and I, I was living with Stu, like the, the team manager at the time. So I would just, I would hear everything about what's going on in the industry or, um, so it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a moment when it was like, okay, holy shit, this is like not at all what I expected or something or, yeah. I was like slowly, slowly but surely getting fed into that, you know. But th there must have been other stuff that you weren't aware of that yeah. when you actually started like doing that job, you were like, oh crap, like I had no idea. Like, I don't know, in terms of like, like you're like, oh, didn't realize that's that's how sales were going or I didn't realize that's how many we were, how many units we were shifting or like. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I guess. And actually, I think when I yeah when I first saw the um, the uh, Sunshine Europe warehouse for the first time, I was it's like really impressed because that to see it like that was only Sunshine products. I was pretty impressed to see the the size of it because before that everything was all mixed together with like rollerblade. At TGC it was rollerblade and razors and yeah blah blah. blah. So to see like the yeah to that operate as if like this is Europe right in front of you. Okay. For, or like sunshine was was pretty cool but i had like a, i guess a, i would have had like a rough idea of numbers and stuff because when the skate came out as well like you know you knew how many models were made and that kind of thing and um how many models were made how many uh units were made of your skate uh, i think it was two thousand all right yeah i think that's pretty standard i think it's um i think it starts at that or maybe one and a half I think yeah, so. when I when I speak to most people, it's generally around one. Yeah, but then I guess different. I think, I think like well, I mean, at one point for sure, the the minimum order was like one and a half to two or something. I'm pretty sure right, it was always okay. that. Like you had to, yeah, minimum. Right. Um. But yeah. So that, yeah. So, so when you started like basically trying to sell to shops, you were like, were you like, God, this is hard," or like, "You're like, whoa, I didn't actually yeah. realize." How, how many of these we're managing to get rid of like this is this is um, more than i expected or like wh actually, which but, which way did it tip but the, the chunk the chunks like because I, I was i was uh, um sunshine europe at the time when like all the orders were going out and i saw like the um like grindhouse for example like put, like shipping out their order and all that kind of thing like they were taking like big chunks at a time so it kind of yeah you get to see it firsthand i guess so it wasn't like um and yeah, local like local bought a bunch. That was pre pretty much my job was relying on local. Actually, <laughs> um, is it getting loud, David? Should I should I move? No, no, it's fine. Okay, all right. You're like Sorry, Jake. I've got my uh... hello there. Hello. <laughs> Guest appearance. Um, you're like Jake. Please, please buy more of these. Like my my job depends on it. If that that'd be great. Thanks. Um, yeah, pretty much. Like, of course, I slept him a couple, you know, a couple notes under the table now and then, and. Yeah, you know, a little subtle handshake with a yeah. money in hand. Um, so how like how long? I feel like you did that job for like quite a few years. Uh, yeah, it must have been like at least four, five. Right. Yeah. And it still continued on until you moved to Copenhagen. So why did yeah. like how why did you decide how did you end up being at Skate Pro? Like what did did you uh, leave Brexit. or what? Brexit, what does that mean? 
um, so it was, it was because all that stuff was happening. Remember when it got announced, there was all this um, talk about what may happen. Um, at that time, I just had. I can hear you. Oh, no, you've gone off. No, I can't hear you. Yeah. There all we right. go. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that that's that's the disadvantage of having a shared community workspace because if you yeah. do something with like this, you just end up annoying everyone. They're like, and you're, I know, yeah. know what you're like. You'll be like, I'm really self conscious of the fact that I'm getting on everyone's nerves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they were fine. It was just more like it was actually, and I couldn't also hear you at one point. There, it was so much going on in the background, and right. then uh, yeah, a bunch of other guys came from there's another building here, and they came in. So I was like, oh shit, I need to now move. Right. Um anyway. Where were you? Oh yeah, you so yeah, you were talking about you were you're working for Razors, you living in Denmark, still trying to do it, coming back to the UK, and then Brexit happened. Uh yeah. So I was kind of all nervous because I was working from Germany, but you know, within the UK and everything. And so I was just like, okay, I need to and we had our first child, Rosa, at the time. Um, so it started to just be like, okay, I need to just find something to attach myself to Denmark by this point. Cause I, I still wasn't official, you know, at that, you know, we were all, we were still European. We could be here at that time with right. our, um, not so strong passports anymore. You know, we could, we used to be able to just roam freely. And, um, yeah, so it just started to be a bit of a concern. I was like, okay, shit, what, what happens when Brexit hits, you know? And, uh, I fished around a little bit and, um, Skateboard had already kind of like poked at me a little bit about maybe working together at some point. Um, and I actually just went on the website and I saw there was like a, a social media job up for grabs. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll see if there's a, some, something, something there. And uh, yeah, got the job. All right. It worked um, with uh, some minor setbacks that where I had to be in Aarhus, which is three hours away. So we uh, fully packed up and moved there, which was supposed to be for a year or like we thought, yeah, we thought maybe a year. It was kind of like, okay, let's test this out. And it ended up, I was there for three years. Okay. I was wondering why, yeah, because yeah, when you told me that like, you'd moved, I was like, that seems odd, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, but it seemed that it was, it, it was a nice experience. And working for but working for Escape Pro was um was kind of crazy just because it was so vast, you know. It's like it's like working for any other like I don't know, working for Amazon or something in some way, but then with a smaller like with within a community of people that kind of are into the same thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was really because there was also people from all over the world there working. It was pretty right, cool. Okay. Like when you go into the they had a full um like customer connections department, you know, which is just vast. And then you've got flags from every table, like people from Germany, Spain, Latvia, Russia, blah, 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 all on the phones. <laughs> so what, what was that like working with like, cause obviously before you'd worked, your interactions are like with core rollerblading shops or like, or you're, you're like liaison with shops, but you're, you don't actually work for them. Like, what was it like working in a place with all these different extreme sports, like in terms of, I don't know, just yeah. like 
did did they even have an understanding like the other guys were like even know what rollerblading was or like because it's it's obviously been so off the radar for so long like were the other guys like i don't know in the bmx like the bmx yeah. guys or like the skateboarding guys or snowboarding guys were they just like like what even like did you have to explain it or like are they like there was um definitely a, a mix like a, a big mix of that some people like some of the guys working there um and girls like knew they, they either like skateboarded or something they were into it in some way and then there was others that were just like so happy to be like a web developer or something you know and just were attracted to it in some some way or form but um going in there for the first time was just like holy shit, man this is insane this is like kind of overwhelming to this like to be to work in an office all of a sudden but like that big yeah it was kind of intimidating but um the the boss i had the the marketing boss was so cool man he was just like anything i was bringing to the table was just like <laughs> it was like oh information about <laughs> what's going on out there you know like oh right. you've been to a skate park before huh like come over here and talk to me <laughs> <laughs> oh good. like that so, was really cool so the guy you worked for did he have like an extreme sports background or was his more like a he business used to skateboard way back but he was um he was like a musician right. um but this also he but he worked for like some big e-commerce companies like ebay and stuff and he like set up um like ebay denmark at one point and all that kind of thing and yeah there were some big big wigs in there for sure okay um but he was so cool man he was just so like open to like suggestions and like it would it would listen even though i was like i was technically like completely underqualified for the job for the standard of like what they were at you know like yeah. for the for the size of that business but then the information that bring into the table of, of like you know this is cool this isn't like <laughs> whatever <laughs> and, and yeah so he he listened to me and he kind of like took me under his wing and then i actually i got a good like run for a bit there with it he kind of like moved me up a little bit and I became like the marketing coordinator for okay. for everything at one point for like all the all the sports, which is kind of funny. What do you, what do you feel like you learned like doing that job? Because I feel like that must be something where you pick up these I don't know strange skills or just learn stuff yeah. that you're like didn't know how to do that before. Yeah, I mean it was. I get yeah. So that was that was the time when I really started I understood e-commerce, I guess, and understand like how how like a big web shop like that works it's such a fucking massive engine you know <laughs> like when you, you go on skatepro.com it's a website you know with a bunch of stuff on there but when you see like the, the vast scale of what's necessary to get that thing running you know it's insane um and yeah i was yeah i learned a lot like yeah to think of something specific is kind of hard but um i think i also learned like certain forms of like disciplining myself on the nine to five with this being like because that was the first time it was really like, okay, this is, this is a job, job. I was even though say, you're that's, still that's your first like legit realm. job where you're expected to show up at a certain time, like stay to a certain yeah. time. Like, everything else has I mean, been kind of like kind of yeah. just winging it. Yeah, it was a bit more like um, what do you call it the word like a freelancer, I guess. <laughs> Prior to that, I mean, I had the odd job here and there, which never lasted that long, or I was never that interested. But um, yeah, this was very much like you know, drive to work, be there by nine leave it for every day what was that like in terms of like that must have been a culture shock you're like crap like people if, if i'm not here in time people notice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but it was also a bit and especially in the beginning i was like really excited because it was it was fun man it, it was actually like a really fun job um and to be to be like so hands-on like i'm just this new guy and they, they just had a lot of faith and <laughs> it was really nice because cool. Cool. you know i'm walking in there and i'm just like oh my god this i'm kind of out of my uh, depth here this is a bit gnarly I mean, um, how, how many people like get themselves jobs that are like, I do not have the qualifications for this. And then they just, they just learn on their job and they just figure it out. Yeah. And who, they could end up like, being the perfect person for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like any one of us, if we were put in that position, we would figure it out because we've just been around the the community, like all our lives and in, in some shape or form, you know, you, you understand a little bit of, I mean, I know you watch a lot of skateboarding and, um, it was just more like that job was it was all about knowing the, the the environment and there was a lot of people there that weren't so aware of the environment but good at their job you know it's like this so there's a balance of um so like my, my job in the end of being like the the kind of coordinator which was a bit more like just leading people in the right direction <laughs> was like okay. the perfect position for me because instead of yeah. being like, okay you know i'm not a graphic designer i'm not a <laughs> wherever else like um copywriter like all these jobs that were around us that was like coordinating but um yeah it was great man it was it was fun but i'm also um glad that i'm out of that now why it's that that, that feel like this the whole the the nine to five for for someone else got a little bit tiresome just exhausting i also like that yeah. I, I really felt like i put my whole like a lot of energy into that job I really did. I kind of went for it. It was like, this is a chance to like, to, you know, get some reasonable salary and like a good, a good pay. You've got a, you know, a new, a newborn right there. And uh, it's kind of time to go. And yeah, I mean, I had a second kid. (laughs) It's like, um, yeah, yeah. I learned, I learned a lot and, um, yeah, but I'm also like, I I kind of felt like, okay, if I'm going to put myself into something like that again, then it's going to be for, for something of my own in some way all right yeah that makes sense so you weren't like when they started making everyone redundant you weren't like basically saying is there a chance i could work in another department or do something else or just stay here and no i would have been open in the beginning but it was also one of the one of the reasons i got kind of cut from it was we our um we, we rented so we, had, we, had, we lived in three houses when we were there <laughs> during three years we moved every year right and um the, uh, on the last one, um, we decided to. Kelly was like, "We're kind of getting ready to come back to Copenhagen," and this was always still at the end of COVID, so it was like it was possible for me to work from just a laptop and a cap and a, you know, and a cafe. Um, as that started to everything was opening up again, it was kind of like, okay, you're kind of expected to be back now. So I was traveling. I was traveling like once a week to Aarhus and staying the night there, and then coming back and. Um, when the sales were dipping, it was kind of like they needed everyone there, like like hand all hands on deck kind of thing. Yeah, I guess like, um. So yeah, once that settled, like the I did get offered, like I could have I could have came back, but they wanted me to be an all host. Yeah, and I was just like I was like at that at that point I was just kind of like well we're already it feels really really good to be back in Copenhagen, and maybe it's time to just like to look for something else. Plus commuting to work, like even just, yeah, I, I don't work in the, an office anymore either, but even just like the half an hour commute, I'm like, oh, or like you get stuck in football traffic on the way back and you're like, 
I'm wasting my life commuting to and from work. This is so destroying. But actually having to like travel yeah. several hours, you'd be like, nah, this is this is not the life. Yeah. I mean, to be fair though, I actually I did kind of like it. There was there's parts of it I liked because it was like a moment to myself. I was about <laughs> like, to say you've you've got two kids, you're like sweet. I can oh, yeah. just like sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got one night of sleep a week. Um and got to listen to like podcasts and stuff and you know, whatever. Um, but it was actually really, it was really good. Um, and I would, I would always meet up with um, with Jakob and Jakob Back. I don't know if you know Jakob Back. He's so. a really nice guy. Um, I would meet up with him once a week, and we would uh, go out for dinner and like have some beers and stuff. But he he started Centrano um, Distribution, so that and that's Escape Pro owns Centrano Distribution. Right. Um. It's so, yeah. It was all under the same kind of thing. But he started that as a university project. And then now it's like the biggest distribution in Europe, pretty much. They have wow. everything. And um, he's he doesn't he's left. He doesn't work there anymore. But it was really nice because he's got so much insight into the industry, and I've, I've worked in it for a bit as well, like in little pockets. And um, so kind of like I'd meet up with him, and we'd just kind of dream a little bit, like like as the end, maybe a brand, like I don't know something there. And um, he was always really supportive, and like it was pretty cool. That is like, so like that, that, yeah, that's an amazing right. person to have like someone to bounce those kind of ideas off because they can oh, be yeah. like, well, have you thought about this? Or you really yeah. need to like look into this stuff before you do this. Yeah. Because when I started mine, I thought I'd done enough market research. I had not like the market research I'd done. People were just lying to me and I was just believing it. And like, <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like you had like. A, a reliable source that's given you like here's what's worked yeah. for us here's here's the pitfalls like yeah yeah he's a great dude man he he works for um he works for stateside now in the uk stateside as in like the like budget extreme sports brand i yeah. didn't know they still made stuff do they still make like yeah, skates yeah. and stuff yeah yeah they still make okay. anarchy skates yeah i did and, not um, know that yeah they um they have a bunch of brands Skate, skateboard scooter everything like yeah 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 i knew i knew these i thought they still did the other ones i just didn't know they still did yeah skates, it's them I that thought. make like wrecked you know wrecked helmets They're pretty popular right like okay, yeah, yeah. and they also yeah. have like um wrecked um uh snow goggles and all right that kind of thing yeah is that, is that they're, a, brand, they're a really nice bunch is that a brand almost tom willicks worked. used to work for is it tom willicks was maybe, that his name maybe, in london maybe. yeah i know what you mean but yeah i think uh, even like uh, ian henry worked for Stateside at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh, almost like, uh, maybe going to be working for them straight after uh, I did like a little couple like tasks for them and stuff. And um, they were really nice guys. I was like considering it. But yeah, it, it was just not the time. This, this was the point where like all those guys were struggling. Right. Like, you know, like everyone else. And uh, yeah, when Skate Pro went, started to struggle, everyone else was like, okay, shit, we're all going to end up struggling. Yeah. Right. And, um so yeah but yeah so anyway Jakob's like still he's a great great dude I gotta give a big like share to him in the beginning because I was just like really nervous as well about all this like to, to launch it you know and just to have like um number one a Danish guy also helped and someone that's worked in the industry you know a lot of things just to yeah there was I'd always have like some kind of small question or something that I had no idea about that he would answer in like two seconds yeah definitely so yeah so, so in the space of yeah becoming a father i'm assuming that's when fifth floor was getting made because you didn't have much footage in it you had like i don't know 
like yeah. 10 clips, less than 10 clips. That, that was also when I was in um, Aarhus at that time. Yeah. So I was coming back now and then and we would film a little bit and yeah. And then, but despite the fact you've got two kids, you still have managed to have a ton of clips and spokes and finish off a solo section, which even features, your, your kids are in seasons, aren't yeah. they? Are, yeah, both, yeah. are both kids in them or yeah. just one? Yeah, yeah. Ellie's the one like crawling around, like pushing my skate and stuff and right yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that's, am- <laughs> that's amazing but like so yeah you, <laughs> like you've been more productive in the last couple of years with two kids than you were in the previous years with just one yeah because I, I had no job <laughs> <laughs> i just told you man we all got fired <laughs> yeah this is true um now like i mean I've, of course like the partly of that or part of that is from um this being back in copenhagen and yeah that's why Fortunately, it's also kind of uh, uh, sometimes like in my morbid, uh, yeah, thought process. Because um, I, I remember John Bellino saying that when he released his VOD, it was at the start of lockdown or like not f- far after like the first lockdown, and he made ten grand. Yeah. And then I remember like wow, you, that was what you were working on was originally meant to be a v- VOD with Carson. Because I remember yeah, he was he would give it, me yeah. like little updates here and there. Can yeah. you imagine like you guys? You guys would have made. If you'd say, say you'd got all the footage, right? And then they announced lockdown and Carson's like, cool, can't work. I'm just going to edit yeah. this bad boy up. And then you put it out and everyone's so bored at their fucking mind that you make like 20 <laughs> Gs. And you're like, because Aunt Medina was saying as well, like he brought out candy and that was in the second lockdown and they made, he said it was like over 10 grand. Like imagine that. And you're like, wow, that's this amazing. You've like obviously stopped your job, and you're like, well, I've stopped my job, and now I've just given myself a little bit of setup cash or a little bit of breathing room. Like, <laughs> it's it's mental to think of it, isn't it? Also, why didn't you tell me this at the time? Also, David. a little bit depressing. Oh, it wasn't finished no. then. It wasn't because you finished it after yeah, lockdown, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. It was like definitely after lockdown. Um, but yeah, that's that's wild. It's, it's fucking awesome that the, those guys had that opportunity to like launch something at that time. That's yeah, that's when, amazing. When yeah. when John told me during the podcast, that's what he got. I was like, whoa! And he was like, yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not trying to be funny, but that was like your comeback section. It wasn't even like yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't yeah. Your full power. That's like, true. The, the next two sections yeah. afterwards were nuts, but that first one was tame by your standards. It's also, I mean, the people just missed everyone, them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People missed them. I yeah. mean, I was so hyped to see that section. That was so good. Yeah. Yes, John's yeah. one of my favorites of all time. When when I heard yeah. he was like not just skating again, but filming, I was beyond yeah, excited. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And he's he's just been like nothing but like on full full rip since. Yeah, he <laughs> since he, he is like he's he yeah. like all or nothing. I'm pretty sure he's broken at least two bones since being back. Oh my god! Like wow. he is he is all or nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. Fair play to the guy. Um, For sure. So how did the, how did like the kind of, I don't know what you'd even call it, like relationship with them come? Because they've, they've been hooking you up with skates, right? And obviously you put out the section on the them channel. Um, like what's the, what's so the deal with them? There's like, there's no, uh, yeah, how did they even come about actually? So yeah, with um, Skate Pro had ordered some them skates at one point and then kind of stopped. And then the white ones were coming. And I was like, guys, you need to get them skates. Like, this is like, you need, you need we need to be stocking that. Like, and the John brings out like 
it's just that, that has to be like a staple within your, your range of aggressive skates without a doubt if you want to be if you're trying to be current and like you want to stock all the aggressive range blah 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 um so i was kind of in conversation with john a little bit when they were just coming and we made like a like a nice landing page for them and all that kind of thing made a bit of a song and dance about them kind of coming in like properly um and then yeah after the after that call john was just kind of like yeah he, he actually didn't know that um that wasn't skating braces at the time and um i, I just bought a pair of, i bought a pair of the gray uh, 909s myself i actually i actually bought those from head on <laughs> because skate pro didn't even stock them at the time right um and he was like oh shit, man like i'll i'll hook you up kind of thing um so yeah he sent me a pair of the, the white skates after that um and then but after that like he didn't need to send me anything i, I was getting skates like like really cheap from skate pro i just i just did it through them um so that, then the whole the, the next time we actually had like a connection was through the um actually sorry the next time we had a connection was london with clarks um because matthew had said like or asked me to come and i was kind of like man i'm actually not i'm not like on them or anything I, I, you know i just like to skate the skates um and so yeah I spoke with john about it i kind of like checked with john i was like dude are you sure that is it okay i come on this thing i'm like i'm there because i had no idea what was going i had no idea what was about to even happen really um, yeah. i just got invited and i was just i kind of felt like um like a spare wheel a little bit i was like like why am, what am i doing here um anyway so john saw the section that we were working on during that time and carson had already reached out to him previously about doing something um about maybe launching it and uh, john was just like man let's do it let's uh let's launch it on the them youtube and that was a there was there's not been it wasn't like a much else going on like prior to that or after it was just like a he's like hell yeah like we'll host it he was done yeah it's cool. it, it's so crazy the way things like that like just work out and you realize how small the world is it's happened a few times recently it obviously happened with the the them and clark's collaboration and i was like i can't believe yeah a guy you still live with is now working with john julio that's just so especially considering yeah. he never skated for years after he got really badly hurt um and then cal uh i don't know if you know cal it does pomulo yeah cal, cal yeah, Baker. yeah i um, yeah so yeah he randomly he sent me a dan mclaren section so i obviously gave dan mclaren an interview back in the print issue like 2011 12 or whatever and cal sent me under like a production thing so i didn't know who the name was and he was like oh i've got a section of dan mclaren do you want it to go with the interview i was like yeah. awesome didn't put two and two together obviously got to know cal over the years i've hung about with my <laughs> skate competitions the past couple of times and then just randomly sent me a link to the video like last week being like do you remember yeah. this and i was like oh my god that was you that's that's mental that's me like we're now mates yeah but and before you were just this faceless person that sent me an edit Did. so and there's like, like I, I remember that i remember you talking about that previously but i'm also only just realizing that it's cal that does pomelo yeah right now <laughs> and i saw him yeah i've known him for years of course He's such a nice dude um he doesn't tell anyone he, but, like if, if you don't know him he doesn't tell you he does it but man he wrote he wrote on instagram like um through palmillo instagram saying like nice to see you at the weekend and i've been like i've been thinking what's it <laughs> like 
<laughs> so now you've answered my question. Right. And I will happily respond to that message then. Right. Um, yeah. That's funny. Fuck. Um, yeah, I remember you talking. But he, so, yeah, he remember he found like all his stuff, uh, dance stuff. Yeah. And the clan. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, I remember a scenario when I kind of got like stuck once upon a time um, down south in the early Razor's days. 